This podcast replay is brought to you by Cutter's Edge Total Landscape Solutions. With decades of experience here in South Florida, Cutter'sEdge.com provides fantastic results. Call 954-472-0622. All righty. Good morning, boys and girls. Hope you all are doing well out there. We are uh, getting prepared for another beautiful Monday. Uh, lots and lots of things to talk about. Not gotta tell you it has been the last couple of days it's i it's like one of those things where you i gotta tell as a sports as a south florida sports fan i pray that the miami heat and and the florida panthers can become compelling stories because if not we're, it's it's basically waiting till i get to the combine at the end of the month, it's then waiting for free agency and then the draft and those kind of things. If we don't get compelling teams from the Heat and uh, from the Panthers, and they lost again last night, the Panthers, as uh, oh, St. Louis gave them the blues last night, gave me the blues too, man. Uh, so tough 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 but we do have a couple of terrific guests for you today uh we've got matt verderam will join us at 11 a.m uh omar kelly will join us at noon so we'll have a, a little fun with uh both those gentlemen and uh, get through uh, a beautiful wednesday we'll take your questions your comments your complaints uh, all kinds of stuff remember you can always uh send in your comments through a super chat here or of course on cash app or venmo uh the preferred way and that is cash big o show on cash app or venmo so many ways to participate obviously visit our amazing sponsors like welton Rayom, if you need a law office here in south florida or even in, the, in monroe county down in the keys because they've got it you know got to visit our amazing sponsors that's what also uh keeps us alive which is always a beautiful thing so um car ain't coming to miami why would you even talk about stupid stuff like that all right who's uh somebody mentioning that on the on the chat board already uh let me see anyway what up oh think bitcoin will cross 23k today i think so uh bitcoin woke up uh today and it looks like you know the good thing is it found kind of a floor right and in that in that 21 22 range and now it's uh moving back up again it's over 22 uh it's at 227 right now so i think it i think it's going to cross 23 i think it'll go to 24 uh in the next day here i think we're i think it might make that next jump now to to get to 25 I think that might be coming here uh, over the weekend. And you know when we'll start to turn the corner in crypto? Um, weekends usually are really good when you're in a bull run. So, you know, I'm, I'm, whenever we start getting to those weekends that, are, that you'll start seeing it go up, that's when you know that you're really in a bull run. Right now, we're kind of getting out of that bear market. The question is, how long will it last? We're at the bottom now, and we're turning up. Stock market, crypto, all of that is kind of turning up, you know? And so it, it all depends on where the rest of the, you know, economy goes. 
liquidity drives it all, man. Okay. It's pretty simple. You know, we need the stock market to do well because then that's when Bitcoin and, and, and crypto will do well. It's they, they are, they are tethered together. They, they have not separated from each other or anything like that. Not yet. At least Bitcoin will eventually separate from everything because everyone around the world will be using Bitcoin when it's all said and done. I mean, just uh, what was it? Uh, was it yesterday? Argentina, I saw it was like their inflation hit like 99% or something like that. And, you know, economies are crashing all over the place. So eventually, Bitcoin will be, you know, just like our situation. Bitcoin will be used by many, 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 many Americans. Like I've said before, the adoption will take over probably around the world a little faster than here because you don't know it's bad until it actually becomes bad when it's obvious. And then that's when people will then turn to other options like Bitcoin. Uh, here we have it good compared to other countries. So they're going to go through hell first and then they're going to have to lean on Bitcoin instead of their dollar. And, and that's going to be the same thing here as, 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 as time goes on. It's just one of those things that it's a brutal reality that a lot of people don't want to face. Let's just be honest. And none of us want to face it, actually. But it's something that's coming, whether we like it or not. Because everything's been mishandled. And it doesn't matter who's in charge. You know what I mean? I'm not about pointing fingers on each side. I blame both sides for all this mess. But, you know, that's kind of the way it is. So, yeah, I, ex I expect it to to take over all you have to do is keep looking at the news how it's being implemented all over the place they tell you one thing but they're doing something completely different you know and that's all you have to do is really read and really find out what's going on and you'll you'll notice that um you know bitcoin will be uh, adopted everywhere and it's going to be an absolute power when it's all said and done, it's going to be the way you're going to be able to maintain the value of your money that you work so damn hard for. So it is what it is. I see greater good in first. Jay Gelfin is in. Oh, greater says important game against the Brooklyn Nets for the heat tonight. Jay says only important to the heat when we see the lineup for tonight. Yeah, it's uh, it's bad. I mean, you know, season ticket holders are obviously not not enjoying uh what's going on with with all of this but um uh and then the nets fans my god they thought they had a contender and then they've been completely wiped out too kyle cockrell in there scott primus in there brian walter in there uh let's see uh i see kane's lost a running's back running backs coach there's been turnover there's been turnover that's for sure to a time says good morning big o and sean great to have squared circle digest back last night sean how long did you go yesterday you went a long time for like you were like oh well there's not a lot going on in wrestling oh no time. i was kidding about that because i hadn't talked for a long time there was a lot to get to so it was about an hour and a half yeah dude you yeah. went a long time yeah but there was there was a minor issue so uh because i was moving stuff around like i don't see if i don't know if you can see it behind me now Yes. So I put the belts up so that I could see some oh. of them. So I maneuvered That's things fine. around, but I guess what happened was 
my microphone was switched over to webcam, so the whole show sounds like um, I did it from far away. So, okay. um, so, but you know, it, it's still you can hear it, you can make it out, so it's posted, and um, and uh, but from now on, I'll sound like this, hopefully, instead of uh, yeah. what I sound like on that show. Technical things happen sometimes. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I mean, I, I set it up. I did the whole settings thing. I checked it. And then I think I moved one thing afterwards, and that did the whole thing because I had to replace my stand too, because my stand broke. And uh, yeah, so well, been, like yesterday when I was trying to play a, or the day before when I was trying to play a soundbite, yeah. and it would change the mic. And it was yeah, like, yeah, that? I don't know. They, they've added some yeah, things to sound just to Streamyard. I don't know if that's one of the things that kind of changes as as you're talking. It'll definitely go to whatever. But uh, learn and grow. So uh, the next show will sound a lot better. All right. But I appreciate everybody that was there, man. We had a we had a full pack chat. It was great. It was a great time. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. I saw it. There was a lot of back and forth too. So that was actually good. So good to have the squared circle digest back. Uh, I see Eddie Lepp in the house, Nelson Alfonso, Derek Carr coming. Yeah. Yeah. Where? To to who? Yeah. You, early in the morning and you're starting with stupid shit there, uh Nelson uh steve chapman omar lopez nico jones frankie says crazy times we live in palestine derailment houston derailment and now overturned truck with chemicals in arizona it happens man happens you know i exxon valdez and you know uh, tragedies happen all the time dude that that's that's nothing new in this world that we have things that happen and unfortunate crap comes from it you know power plants and have leaks and things like that and you know it's it, it happens it's just not something that you you want it to happen you know you're you're trying to make it happen on purpose but it's uh it's sad uh, no doubt about that uh fins up 71 what the hell is up with vic is he coming what, what's your problem fins up what's wrong with you guys you guys need to get laid or something? The guy's already here. What, what do you need, a stupid official press conference? He's probably working on his assistant coaches and all that stuff. It's already done. God, some of you people are, you live this insecure world, you know? It's like, that's already done. Relax already. The Canes basketball team looks legit. I mean, why wouldn't they be legit? College basketball isn't legit. Anybody can compete in college basketball now. Just got to have a couple guys with experience and have some chemistry, and and you'll have a shot to win in college basketball. It's not like you need a bunch of McDonald's All-Americans anymore. They're not there anymore in college basketball. So it's really not it, it's it's not that difficult anymore. Put it that way. It's it's a very even level playing field now in college basketball. Now you can have, now you can build a winner actually, you know, through experience and, and time and you can develop classes, you know, every couple of years where you build up some experience and you have some guys and you have a shot and obviously you need a little NIL money too. So you can buy the, the very few guys that are, you know, not necessarily stars, but at this level, pretty good players. So yeah, it's not, uh, FAU is for real. 
You know, the, the, what the reality is that college basketball is not for real anymore. That's the reality of it. You know, it's, the, it's the other way around. It's not really like you, these college basketball teams are, are like competing with teams uh, of the ilk of the 80s and the 90s and those kind of teams. No, those kind of teams don't exist anymore. You're never going to get five slamma jamma. You're never going to get Duke and UNLV ever again. So now what used to be like mid-major type teams and all that, that's what college basketball is now. So every once in a while, a mid-major team or a, a slightly lesser team would sneak up into the Elite Eight or, or, or Final Four, and they would give people a run because they had a couple of veteran uh, players, a couple of seniors. They had one guy that maybe had NBA ability and all that, and they were scaring people and didn't win it, but they would. That's what college basketball is. Those kind of teams now is what the norm is. And so if you do that, Laranega will be able. I mean, Laranega was competing against the elites when you actually had that in college basketball, when he's taking George Mason to the final four. That's impressive. You know, that's super difficult. But now college basketball is not really nearly as hard a nut to crack. And so, you know, let's let's call it like we see it. You anybody can be for real in college basketball now. Anybody legitimately now what you couldn't say 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Now you can say it. Anyone and any team in any part of the country can be a top 25 team, can even compete for a national championship because college basketball is not special anymore. That's all. So it's not really that, oh, my God, the Kings basketball team's for real. It's just that college basketball has come down a couple of notches. That's all. Uh, Jamie Zaria is in. Frankie loved the squared circle last night. And if you missed your wrestling, your wrestling talk, make sure you download the show today at your discretion. All right. Gotti is in. Mike Hancho is in. Heat Fins has the logic that Alfonso does not. David Triana. Uh, let's see. Nelson says, Orlando, I thought the bull run was when Jordan and Chicago was winning all those championships. Oh, 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 oh. Finn 71, big O. Could you tell me what in the hell is going on with Vic coming to Miami? Or uh, there he is, another guy that uh, can't get any sleep. Uh, Christopher Giovanelli. Good morning, sir. Pat in Nashville says, breaking news. Vic Fangio set to sign. Dolphins, D.C., when Chris Greer completes the handwritten contract written in Egyptian uh, hylographics or hylographics or whatever in triple Kate and triple case, uh, also handwritten. There you go. Razzle Dazzle Crypto is in the house. Alex Palenzuela. Walter is in. Manuel Malo. Peter Schrager dared to say car would make sense for the Finns. Uh, yeah, if, if I guess you got to create some talk in the morning because you've got there's really nothing to talk about. So you've got to come up with talk. 
Dougie Fresh says, oh, I'm worried that Fangio took a darkness retreat and won't return. What if he has no light to sign the contract? Color me very concerned. I need my therapy. Yama now rubbing his back soothes me. There you go. Relax, Dougie. Just hang in there a couple more days in darkness, and, and when you come out, you'll see the light, the Fangio light. Big O GM, I'm thinking it will be announced along with other position coaches, higher relaxed friends. Yeah, bro, I'm, I'm not worried about that. That's uh, that's already done. The old man, it was coming a while back. I'm not worried about that. I, I, I'm more intrigued. If I'm a Dolphins fan, okay? If you want a little dolphins, little little chomping on the bit, a little meat on the bone, okay? If you're a Dolphins fan, you want to look at, okay, Wilkins, how they're going to handle this, how they're going to handle the Sealer situation. What are they going to do with Byron Jones? You know, this is what I want to find out about, okay? That's what I want to find out about. Okay, where where is Nick Needham in his recovery? Where's True Williams in his recovery? Where's Brandon Jones in his recovery? You know, these are the things that I want to find out about. I'm not really concerned about Vic Fangio signing. I know I can imagine what the old man's doing right now. He's trying to nail down a couple of interviews, get a couple of the assistant coaches that he needs so he can round everything out. It's already done. He's coming. I'm not worried about that kind of stuff. Okay? That I'm more worried about, okay, now what's the next phase of redoing the roster where you've got to give some people money that they deserve because there's a couple of guys that deserve, you know, new contracts. Um, then I'm sure we're going to also see Tua get tagged and pick up his fifth-year option because that would only make sense. And then it's a matter of, okay, what's the free agent market? Let's find out over the next couple of weeks before free agency starts who's going to be actually available, who's going to get tagged, who's going to get released, who's trying to rework a deal, all those kind of things, because we still don't know. That's why I don't get too much into free agency, because I don't know who's available. You know, they're all writing articles now, players that could be cap casualties, this, that. And you could be right on a lot of them, but you might be wrong on some. So that's why I don't waste my time with that. But if you're really thinking about that, if you want to really think about something on what the Dolphins need to do, those are the important things. The Fangio stuff is taken care of. And then obviously he's working on, as you saw, he's already working on assistant coaches. You saw that report with um, what was uh, with Tom Donatell, the Chargers assistant coach, right? So they're they're trying to interview him for a secondary job because he's Ed Donatell's kid that obviously Fangio and him have a long history. Okay, this is all being taken care of. It's just too many of you are too, are too worried about the fluff stuff about the contract and this, that, and all that stuff's already been taken care of. You don't have to worry about all of that. And they'll announce it. It's a coaching thing. It's not against the cap. It's not stuff like that. 
So this stuff, they can pace themselves. They can do whatever the hell they want. He doesn't need to be here to tell you and have a get at the podium and say, oh, I'm really happy to be here as a defensive coordinator so you can feel better about yourself. Okay, there's a lot of other things. He's got to find his assistant coaches. He's got to interview the current coaches that he has to make sure he's satisfied with those guys. He might move around some of those guys that he currently has. I don't know. But all of that stuff is being done, and it, it gets done under the radar. It doesn't get done for you guys to see. That's the last thing you got to worry about, okay? You could think about some of the other things, the tangible stuff that you really need to worry about, okay? That's what's going to set this team up for the next offseason. The Fangio stuff is it's done. Now I'm, I'm intrigued to see who he gets as his assistant coaches, but at the same time, what are we going to do? Are we going to complain about him? He's an established coach. He knows what the hell he wants. He's been in the league for damn ever, man. I'm not worried about that part, okay? I'm more worried about the handling of the offseason and what you're going to do to get better. That, to me, is the most important part of it all, okay? And you know what's also very important? is getting those two golden capsules in your system every day from Nature B. And I've got a hell of a deal for you right now. Go to naturebee.com slash big O. This is an awesome deal, okay? A 100-day supply. That's a little over three months, okay? It's pretty simple. You get 200-cap supply. You take two of those golden capsules every single day, only $85. That's it, man. We cover the shipping, and we're going to give you free Manuka Honey Lip Balm for free, okay? Right here. And it's a beautiful thing. So if you live in a dry area or you're dealing with a lot of cold and your lips and all that stuff get chapped up, man, you want to use that, and it is the best lip balm you have ever tried in your life. In fact, you should actually go onto the website at naturev.com slash big O, you can get this great deal for 85 cents a day. You get the two golden capsules that will power you throughout the day, give you the energy, boost that immune system in a virus-filled world, okay? Highlighting that libido, uh, give you allergy relief too, muscle recovery for those of you working out, less stress, and of course, boosting that immune system, which is what I love every single day. Stronger nails, fuller hair, all of that stuff. Go to naturebee.com slash big O and check it out for yourself. All right. So that's what you should be checking out with the uh, Dolphins. Um, draft picks. Dolphins, again, to remind you, we will be um, hopefully doing a draft show. OK, uh, we are hoping to do it at a bar. We're in the works working on that stuff. See if we can get the uh, the draft done on Thursday and Friday. We're not going to do Saturday this year. They do have a sixth and a seventh round pick. We don't know exactly the spots yet because remember, they have to add the compensatory picks. That'll push everything back and they'll adjust it and all that stuff. But they do have a sixth and seventh round picks. They have one pick in the second round, the 51st overall pick in the draft. And then they have two picks in the third round, 77 and 84. 
those are already there, okay, and set. So uh, those are the picks. Uh, so really the second and the third rounds is going to be the, the juicy part of the draft because you have no force, no fists, and uh, you have a sixth and a seventh rounder. So it's, uh, it's going to be kind of a lame draft, to be quite honest, you know. Although knowing Chris Greer, he probably will wheel and deal one of the thirds to make it like two fours or something like that. They do a good job in their in their middle to late rounds. Uh, they they actually do fine guys. So you, you never know with these guys because you know they're 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 liable to to wheel and deal and and make all kinds of uh, crazy ass moves to uh, open things up. You never know might might even trade a player uh, for a pick. If they if they're able, you know, Cedric Wilson is another one of those guys that they're not going to need. They're going to want to unload and they're probably going to want to unload to get some kind of a third day pick at this point. They're not going to be able to get a really high pick for him. But um, somebody might want, you know, Cedric uh, because you just there's no use for him now. Once you once you had to once Tyreek became available, he became expendable unfortunately and you can't go through another season like that so there are guys that could bring you an extra pick somewhere in that third day Cedric Wilson is one of those guys that could be bringing you back a fourth a fifth a sixth round I mean they got a third rounder for for Devontae Parker which my lord that is un. it's funny how Greer now bamboozles Belichick where you know Belichick always bamboozled every GM we had here he bamboozled them for a six rounder for the wide receiver uh, what's his name now I'm forgetting the kid solid kid a uh, solid possession guy but he's a back-end receiver I forgot his name now and he had him for you know he, he traded a, a late round pick for him and used him for a couple weeks let him go and then Miami signed them back again somebody will remember the damn name for the kid and uh and now you see this move with Devonte parker and it's like uh, yeah third round pick hells to the yeah bring it on damn so uh daniel says where's ira winderman well he was on yesterday they were on yesterday uh, we did inside the paint yesterday you might want to hit the notification bell daniel on youtube that way you know when when they're on and you know when we're on and you can kind of check so that segment was yesterday yesterday they i'm freezing okay i'm back okay i'm back i'm good am i good okay uh, oh, if uh, the Eagles center Jason Kelsey hits free agency, can you move Connor left guard and sign Kelsey? Would be nice. What do you think? I, I, I That would be nice, but I don't think that's going to happen at all. Okay. That I don't think has any shot of happening. Um. So what's your top sports movie? God, I don't know. Um, are we talking about a serious sports movie like The Natural? Like, you know, something 
that's uh, of that ilk or are we talking about something funny like uh the replacements and um what's uh what's the baseball one um not bad news bears but the old uh, major league you know are we talking a funny sports movie are we talking a serious sports movie that's kind of you know the difference there so that's it, it all depends on what kind of a sports movie we're talking about uh king short says top of the morning thank you sir zachary is in also steven gonzalez in uh manuel malo uh connor was pretty good for most part plus there's a chance kelsey will retire yeah i'm i'm that that's useless talk it's not going to happen at all they're not going to be signing that isaiah ford thank you thank you rc dunn thank you gus gus 138 and danny f and two and uh Oh, too extreme. Just uh, was telling us if Jamie Zoria, there we go. Do we possibly bring Jakeem back? He's under contract. And unless they're, unless they're releasing him, I haven't heard that they're releasing him. Uh, Major League. Draft day. Draft day is cool. All reports are that Salma Hayek bears it all in the new movie. Problem is we have to go watch Magic Mike to see it. Um, for Salma Hayek, if she's bearing it all, I'm there. Okay. I'm there. It's worth it. It is definitely worth it. That woman is a freak of all freaks. Okay. You know, she's in that, uh, that, uh, and Margaret, that, uh, that, uh, um what's it called Halle Berry that uh that that category of that woman that is the ageless beauty you know certain women had that gift Raquel Welsh had that gift uh many 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 decades that they would still look good that you see them in their 70s and you're like man she still looks really good you know that kind of stuff uh so yeah uh, Hayek is just a freak dude an absolute freak longest yard right that's another one right there raging bulls yeah, that's that's the other way bull durham jess jess uh two a time says great line for major league two okay we won a game yesterday if we win today it's called two in a row and if we win again tomorrow it's called a winning streak it has happened before Uh, Frankie Fresco with a little love on the super chat. Sophia Loren also, by the way, she did hold up for a long time into her 70s. She looked good. Frankie Fresco, an AEW Wednesday. It's a three-way fight. Speaking of three-ways with all those women you talked about. Uh, Tony Storm versus Ruby Soho versus dr Britt baker who you got so from what i'm understanding here this is a legit three-way fight and and anybody can win there's one person has to stand be left up here through this whole thing what's the what's the deal what are the rules here uh it's a three-way uh fight they all fight each other first one to score the pin wins oh okay i see all right all right. Well, we're going to say goodbye. 
Ruby Soho. Who could hang of whatever a lockdown on your ass? Dr. Britt Baker and Tony Storm are, are, are the two that I got to pick. It's, it's one out of those two that's going to end up winning it. Now, I think I picked the Storm guy once before. Lady. But I think, huh? Lady. Did I? What? She's a lady. Lady. Well, oh, to, oh, so it's so is it Tony with an I, not a Y? I, I believe it's death spell with an I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, see, Frankie, you tripped me out there. You put Tony with a Y, that's a guy. Tony with an I, that's a girl. So there you go. I, I normally Tony's with you know women are with an I. So you gotta you trip me out here. So I'm gonna go. Is Britt Baker also a woman? Is this like a woman threesome? Yeah, yeah. It's a three way women's match. Oh wow! I, I might want to watch this. Anyway, I'm gonna go surgically with the doctor here. I think the doctor obviously brings out you know the technicality, and so Britt Baker. I think she wins here in this threesome. Or do we win? I'm not exactly sure. I'm going Dr. Britt Baker surgically winning this match. And Sean? I, I think you, you're correct in a way, but also I think they can also turn it to where Ruby Soho's in between uh, Tony Storm and Paige Soraya have a team Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter's on another side. They're kind of feuding. Ruby Soho's in the middle. So tonight could be the night she takes the turn and joins Tony Storm and Soraya, and they beat down Britt Baker, making it two on one. Who's the best looking one out of the three? I got to ask. Um, I don't know. It depends what your style is. Tony Storm's more of the blonde, Dr. Britt Baker's the brunette. I'm uh, Latino, bro. Ruby Soho's so, the know, wild I, I child. Gotta, I gotta have some curvature. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. None of them are really like the the thick, thick. Uh, no, I type, know they're not I gonna be think. thick, thick, but you know, you know, mm. you know, can't be like some you know skin and bones out there for me. No, neither of them are I'm really. Not, I'm not the skin and bones. Yeah, none of them are hottest. skin and bones per se, but none of them are you know thick either. So. Frankie, who's the hottest one? Let's go. Oh, Let's know, see what Sean's Frankie says. Like teetering all over the place. Hot. Who's the hottest one? What do you got, Sean? You got you got an answer for me? Who's the hottest one? I don't think. Uh, I guess I'll go Brit. Okay. The doc is the hottest one. Okay. She's an actual dentist right. Monday through. She has a, a dentist. Uh, what is Practice? it called? Practice. Yes. Okay. That's why she didn't go to WWE. Because she makes more okay. money as a dentist than they would pay her. So she she works as a dentist and then she goes to the uh So she's a legitimate doctor. Yeah, she's a legitimate. Just, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Probably a body double. Don't get your hopes up. We need more highlight talk. Yeah, baby. Highlight. Very underrated sports movie. That's good. A, uh, a League of Their Own. Oh, I love A League of Their Own. God, it's a great movie, dude. Anyone that can make Frida Kahlo look hot. Britt Baker is fire, according to Tua Time. 
Big O Marlins start tomorrow. Pitchers and catchers. Yay. Uh, Eric Roba, Roba, Robles says, have uh, have seen Salma Hayek's husband. He'll kick the covered. Uh, he'll kick his covered. Uh, I don't Oh, Oh, he outkicked his coverage is what you're saying. Brother, I mean, you know, when you marry Salma Hayek, you outkicked your coverage, period. Anyone. Tua Time says, I picked a good one. Britt and Jamie are fire, according to Tua Time. Brit by a mile. Sean, what's your opinion on the Tungan twins in women women of wrestling? Well, yeah, I'm gonna have to do some research on that one. I saw that question and I went to look them up. Uh, I don't necessarily follow uh, women of wrestling. I don't really watch WoW a lot. So, uh, who is that? That was oh, okay. Polyne- Polly King, right? Polly King. Let me look. Let me yeah. check them out for a little bit here, and uh, I'll, I'll respond back to you. I'm I'm looking at them uh, right now. A league. Wow, women of wrestling. Yeah, women of wrestling. They record. It. They recorded like a whole. I believe like six months worth of shows and then they released them. And okay. um, there was some, you know, they were supposed to have some bigger names involved and something happened, I think, with the guy that was the main producer and a lot of things fell through. But um, I'm going to have to check them out. Okay. Hunter Butler says, oh, would you marry a Cuban mixed with Colombian? Hunter, I would marry a Cuban Asian Asian, African, African, Indian, Colombian, Jamaican, uh, American, uh, Canadian, Canadian, Argentine, whatever. I'll marry any woman that you fall in love with, bro. Women, women of of all, you know, walks of life are beautiful, bro. It, uh, that doesn't beauty comes in from every country. That I I have zero biases uh, over anybody for any kind of person or human being or anything like that. I don't I don't judge people by their colors or their nationalities or their religions or whatever. I I don't care about that. That does that's not important to me. A beautiful woman's a beautiful woman. It doesn't matter where she comes from. You know what I mean? That that's not even. I'm not even thinking of that. I'm just thinking of the beauty. That's it. I admire the beauty. That's all. Doesn't matter where it comes from, what combination. I don't think you control love. I don't think you do that. I think you allow yourself to connect to whoever it is. It doesn't matter who it is. You might like taller women than you. You might like shorter women than you. You might like thicker women. You might like skinny women you know whatever to me at least that's kind of the way i've always viewed things you know i don't necessarily look at somebody and i'm more attracted to this person to that person because of their nationality now do we all gravitate to our own on a on kind of a a a symbiotic level yeah yeah that's kind of you know, that's kind of life in itself because there's a comfort zone. If you are Puerto Rican, you're going to find a comfort zone with a Puerto Rican partner, probably more than another partner usually. But that should not close you out to being open to 
just because you're Puerto Rican doesn't mean you have to marry somebody Puerto Rican. Or if you're Cuban, you have to marry somebody Cuban. You should leave yourself open to whoever you actually fall in love with. You know what I mean? So I, I don't I, I can't look at it that way. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to tell you that people don't naturally gravitate to their own. Of course they do. I mean, that's just something that's normal. You know what I mean? Because it's something very relatable and it makes it easier for you to cross that threshold because when you want to love someone, you also have to trust someone. You have to be comfortable with that person. So culturally, if there's a connection already, that becomes a bridge to already build that foundation. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily look at it. Oh, well, she's Cuban Colombian. Yeah, don't matter to me. Is she is she, you know, attractive to me? You know, that's what it is. Love her personality, whatever it may be. She may be Indian. She may be Cuban. She may be Jamaican. She may be Canadian. She may be, you know, Polish. She may be Ukrainian, whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. Uh, beauty comes in all shapes and sizes, my man. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, Frankie says, I like Tony Storm. King Short says, dangerous curves ahead and bad news bears. Gotta love bad news bears. Um, Bucky Dent is the best fullback in highly a high history. Uh, big old menage a trois, always good in AEW. AEW, yes. I, I would say a menage a trois is always good in anything. True Finn fan says, it's my 45th birthday, Big O. Glad I'm here. Happy birthday to you, my brother. Happy birthday, True Finn fan. Thank you, my friend, for always supporting us. And we tell you happy birthday. And I hope you have a perfect day, my friend. That's what I hope for. A perfect day for you. Uh, Dougie Fresh says, original Bad News Bears is the best damn sports movie. Two words. Tanner Boyle. Yep. Yep. Uh, to do Mark NorCal is in the house and he's saying happy birthday to True Finn fan. Hunter Butler, I'm just saying a Cuban Colombian mix is one spicy female. Yes, yes, yes. And Colombian Puerto Rican would be a spicy one too. And Brazilian Colombian and Cuban Brazilian. And, you know, I can come up with all kinds of delicious combinations. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I would be interested to know, let's put Sean in a really uncomfortable position, Tua Time says, who Sean thinks is the hottest female in WWE. There you go, Sean. Let's put you in an uncomfortable position having to talk about beautiful women. Let's go. Oh, what happened there? Uh, I'd have to lean toward, uh, it was Mandy Rose. Now it's going to probably be for me. See me personally, I'm more Nikita Lyons. I like I like thick, but Liv right. Morgan is also very very hot when you look at her. Yes, but okay. she's more of the she's not skin and bones. Don't get me wrong, but she she doesn't have that thickness that I like. Me personally, uh, Nikita Lyons. Okay, there you go. There's your answer. 
Uh, Big O, you're gonna have fun with Omar Kelly. I like it when you uh, when you have when you disagree. Well, you know, if we disagree, then we'll have some fun with it. King Short says, "Got a drink in my hand, got a toes in the sand, and woo! All I need is a beautiful girl." Yeah. Uh, let's see. Eddie Lepp says, not if she's a Jets fan, though. Sorry. Ah, I got you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She can be from anywhere except be a Jets fan. Yeah, that would be kind of annoying to marry a female that is a Jets fan. Unless you're a Jets fan. Then you can live in misery together. Dude67 says, nice suggestion on Texas Hippie Coalition. Yeah. Yeah, dude, 67, you're hitting that THC, huh? Ritter, Big O would have single soundtrack as one of your favorites. <laughs> oh, you guys are a trip, man. Uh, Stacy Keebler, I remember her. Man, Stacy Keebler was so fine that I was looking at her once on Twitter and even my wife said, wow, she's got a great ass. Even my wife said that. Like, that's how good of an ass Stacy Keebler had that my wife had to notice it and everything. It's like, whoa, well, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, she's got it. Stacy Keebler was a smoke show, bro. Like a, a, a smoke show and a half. Okay? That's not, not just a smoke show. A smoke show and a half. Man, that's crazy stuff. Woo! Tell you, tell you, tell you, tell you. And I see there are essential moving experts. Call my guy, Sean Williams, man. Good people, good people. They are, uh, their home base is in Daytona, Florida. They service the country. So if you're moving across country, across a state, across the county you're moving your business you're moving your home doesn't matter what it is you call the great people at essential moving experts there's the phone number 386-213-4054 there you go book now 350 dollars. book now two hours two men 26 foot truck essential moving experts man 386-213-4054. Sean's a big Dolphins fan. That's why his business is in Dolphins colors. And the business is growing. And he's got over 1,600 happy customers that have given them the thumbs up in their experience by using essential moving experts. Go check it out. Omar Kelly comes to you thanks to the folks of Essential Moving Ex- Experts every single week here. So at noon, when uh, Omar stops by, it'll be on behalf of the great people of Essential Moving Experts. So give Sean a call. Support the great people that support our platform. 386-213-4054. EssentialMovingExperts.com. All right. Good stuff there. Appreciate it as always. Uh, Heat are favored by one. Did did Vegas catch up with the Heat? Did they figure it out? Because I, I, I was thinking, wow, th- this line's going to be, you know, five, seven, eight points. I don't care it's on the road, but they traded their stars, right? So I figured, okay, 
Vegas is going to think, well, it's a crappy team. The Heat, oh, they could give them six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve points. We'll do it. And I'm, and it's only Heat by one. I was a little disappointed. I thought for sure that Vegas would continue to screw this up and keep giving, you know, having the Heat favored by all these points when they don't deserve it. Damn, man, the easy money streak is over for us. So Heat favored by one. The over and under is 216 and a half. Uh, Duncan Robinson could return. He's listed as questionable coming back from that finger surgery. Low, uh, lousy, by the way, out with the knee. Yurt, big Yurt still out with the ankle. Jovich with the back. Oladipo with the ankle. All are out tonight. We'll see. But, you know, I think Vegas caught up to us. He favored by one. Now I don't know what to do. Now it's, I got to take the heat almost. You know, I was hoping for at least five points. And I'm saying, okay, this is easy here. Take the nets plus the points. Uh, by the way, the dynamic duds are playing again tonight. They're 0-2. I think it's like 55 and 63 points or something like that in their first two games combined. And, yes, I am talking about, you know, Doncic and, and, uh, and, and Kyrie. So the dynamic duds. 0-2, and, and they uh, visit the Nuggets tonight. Nuggets are favored by 5.5 over the Dynamic Duds. Over and under is 231.5. Kind of like the over in this one because there's no defense being played for sure with the Mavs. Mavs are plus 190 in the money line, and the Nuggets are minus 225. I don't know if they're getting any of their guys back for this game. They didn't need them for the Miami Heat. Uh, but I don't know if they'll use them tonight against the Dynamic Duds. But we'll keep a watch on the Dynamic Duds and see how that goes. See if it builds to 0-3. And, and then we'll see if it starts to really build. And and then how that whole situation becomes more and more uncomfortable as time goes on. And Kyrie Irving will get the opportunity to pollute another franchise. Which, you know. At least Kyrie, you got to give Kyrie Irving credit. He is consistent. He is a consistent cancer wherever he goes. So we'll see if uh, if the dynamic duds continue or will Kyrie Irving actually be a positive? Because he rarely is. Uh, let's see, Bigo, what is your favorite all-time favorite song in a movie soundtrack? Like, you don't, uh, like, uh, like, um, Don't You Forget About Me from Simple Minds. Hmm. Live and Let Die. James Bond. A View to a Kill. Duran Duran. Um, in the city, Warriors.
and I'll go and live and let die is my number one movie song of all time. Yeah. Yeah, I might I, I might, you know, freak you out a little bit here, but Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Staying alive or more than a woman, more than a woman. That's a really classic movie song that is just awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. That might be another one that I have to throw in there that is just fantastic. But I'll go with Live and Let Die from from James Bond. To me, that might be the greatest movie theme ever. It's such an amazing movie theme. Paul McCartney and Wings just hit it on that one. Um, Tua Time says, Stacey Keebler, legs for days. I know. I know. Those legs and that bootay were just amazing. Trish Stratus. I remember that. I remember that. I, I know that one. Edwin Robles, Geraldo. Um, Devin says, what do you think about having a show, marijuana sponsored on 420 in Vegas? Well, we are, um, well, I'm open to a dispensary for sure. Not just 420 overall. Dispensaries are a normal part of our lives. It's a lot of people. It's not just about getting high. It's about pain relief. It's about sleeping. It's about all kinds of different things that marijuana is used for. You know, we, we, we've made it so taboo for so many decades and ignorance about it when, you know, prescription pills and, and alcohol are a billion times worse than marijuana will ever be. So um, I have no problem with that. Um, uh, I have no problem with having a, a dispensary as one of our sponsors. None whatsoever. So yeah, I'm I'm all in. So Devin, if you can make it happen and uh bring us together with the people that make the decisions, uh we are there. We're there. So yeah. Fluent, Planet 13, what what, uh, what are um some of the whatever, you know? Yeah, we're we're there, bro. Lisa says, any all-American fans shocked by the events of this week's episode? Can't believe who got kicked off, killed off. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. Thomas Jensen in. Uh, Big Bob, he need a guard like Khalid Reeves. <laughs> oh, Razzle Dazzle Crypto. Wang Chung is a great one to live and die in L.A. That is a great one. Excellent soundtrack, too. William Defoe is in that movie. A young William Defoe in that movie. Uh, and uh, Peterson, right? Uh, crazy. He's the crazy cop in that movie. Also, the, um, the girl from uh, Frasier is also in that movie. She's the one that's dressed in the... In the uh, you know, garter belts and all that. And, and speaking of threesomes, she's the girlfriend of the redhead that is scheming. Uh, and they end up with uh, with the cash and all that stuff in the end. And they drive away together. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. That's a good movie, too. I, I can uh, to live and die in L.A. is one of those movies that I, I will stop to watch 
And, and it's got a great soundtrack also. It's not just to live and die in L.A. It's got several songs in it. It's a good it's a good movie. I love to live and die in L.A. And the, the, the song Razzle Dazzle, I, I got to tell you, that is one of the most underrated theme songs in a movie ever to live and die in L.A. That's a great call on your part, man. Great call. And if you ever get a chance to go see Wang Chung still, still, I saw them recently. They were awesome. They were so good that I said, I, I got to see them on their own somewhere in some club somewhere, some small club, and see them do a, 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 you know, a, a headlining set on their own because I saw them as an opening act at the Pompano Beach Amphitheater, and they were still fantastic, dude. Still sounded excellent. Danger Zone is good, Eddie, for Top Gun. That's a really good one. I like that. Ray likes uh, McCartney and Wings. Yeah, to, to me, that's the best. Eric Rash says, happy birthday to True Finn fan. I just turned 47 last, last month. Been a Dolphin fan since 84. Platoon soundtrack. Oh, yeah, obviously. I'm with you there. Brian Landis and Steve Chapman. You could be mine, GNR. Nyborg in the city, my all-time favorite movie theme. It's a great one. Uh, come back to VSS West Pine. Well, they've got to bring us back in order for us to go back. Hey, yo. Cry. Yes, sir. Ian yes. Rappaport. Uh-oh. New Dolphins defensive coordinator Vic Fangio has officially signed his contract. There you go. And the Somebody organization will announce he's on board today. Fangio worked the Eagles offense with the Eagles offense during the Super Bowl. Now begins his new role with the Dolphins. Right. It's official. Oh, he's here, man. He's here. That's it. It's over. Throw the parade, baby. That's it. His contract's over with the Eagles, and now he's in. Too extreme. Push it to the limit. That's a that's a good one. Uh, that's the the Stallone, right? It's the other Stallone singing that song. Right? Isn't it Frank Stallone singing that song? If I'm if I'm correct. Yeah, everyone who was worried can breathe. I mean, it's just why is there anything to worry about? You know, just makes no sense. I was already done. I'm not I'm just like some of you are like breathing a sigh of relief. I'm like just relieved so I don't have to hear the bullshit. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at. I'm just like, okay, well, at least I don't have to hear it anymore. You know? Uh, by the way, Hylia Park on the 24th, Guillermo Rigandao is making his return to the ring, and he's going to close out one hell of a career. They've got some young Cuban fighters like Ali Rodriguez and De La Torres and uh, Las Calle, these up-and-coming guys that you might see some up-and-coming stars and when they become big, you're going to go, oh, I saw them at Hialeah Park and Una Gran Noche de Boxeo Cubano. So join us February 24th. Tickets are already there at HialeahPark.com. We'll be giving away some tickets also here on the program. I will see you there. And don't forget, Hialeah Park has got a lot of great entertainment, all kinds of great machines, the slot machines. They've got over like over 900 of them in that first floor. They've got the smoking hot slots outside. 
where you can actually enjoy your cigar, your cigarette, because inside it is a smoke-free casino. So you never have to worry about anybody blowing smoke in your face or if cigarettes or cigars bother you or vaping. Either way, man, you're not going to get that inside the, the casino. That happens outside if people want great food, great fun, great entertainment. Go check it out, HialeahPark.com. All right? There you go. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. What else do we have going on in the world of sports? Uh, we have Matt Verderam, by the way. He's going to join us also on the program. So he's going to join us here at uh, at the top of the hour. So we'll have some, some fun with Matt. Well, obviously, Matt, a a KC fan. So he's happy that his team ended up winning. So we'll get his thoughts on, on the call at the end of the game. And uh, we'll see what he thinks about what happened between the chiefs and, uh, and the Eagles. Let's take a break. It was two minutes back with Matt Verderam in our red. We step into the huddle with redrecover.com. This podcast replay is brought to you by RedRecover.com. From NFL stars like Hayden Hurst to daily warriors like yourself, their wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go. Hey, alrighty, alrighty. There he is, the man, the myth, the legend, the champion, Matt Verderam. Yeah, baby. Congrats to your Chiefs, brother. Yeah, that was a, that was a wild game. So... Um, they ultimately won because they scored 38 points. Uh, they, they didn't look so half, good in the first half. 24, 24 to 11. Yeah, but see, that's where, like, some guy was telling me, well, no, they put up 30-something points, you know, um, the, the, the Eagles. And I go, yeah, but it was 11 in the second half. So, you know, that's where you make your money, dude. You know what I'm saying? And so the Chiefs' defense picked up in the second half. The Chiefs' offense picked up in the second half. But the Eagles, they did not pick up their offense from the first half into the second half. And their defense didn't make or their entire team didn't make plays because it wasn't only the Eagles' offense. It was obviously the Eagles' defense, the special teams. Tony's return was, you know, so – the entire team picked it up and found ways to win. And so to me, that's really what it's all about. It's kind of like the, you know, like I, I pick on the Justin Herbert people and I say, oh, they put up 30 something. No, no, dude. He put three points up in the second half. OK, you get, you know, I get it. Front running is nice, but you got to finish the game. And that's what the Chiefs did. They adjusted and they found ways to win the game. And to me, that's why you're champions. Well, because you found ways to win the game. Yeah, Period. I think I think ultimately what happened in that game, as it wore on, was I mean, first of all, the Chiefs only had eight possessions in the game. Um, I know. I mean, they never they never really get the football. So it, you know, they, they scored 38 points on eight possessions, which in a normal game you get about 12. Um, the Eagles in the second half, if you take away Hertz's last second throw, they only had three possessions. I mean, they, they, they never saw the football. The Chiefs were able to control it, um, and. You know, you know how you know how depressing it is to have a 17 play drive, eat up eight minutes, yeah, and settle for three points. Three points. I I thought for me, that was the biggest turning point in the game. Was they had that ball, and they could not get it 
in the end zone. And when the Chiefs, once the Chiefs got the ball back and it was less than a touchdown, I felt like the Chiefs were going to win the game. I just thought Philly's not going to stop them. Like they're just not going to stop them at any point in time. And you know, you mentioned it. I mean, there's a, there's a special teams gap where Tony gets around the edge and there's nobody home. And um, you know, look, I thought I thought the biggest mismatch going into the game was Andy Reid and Jonathan Gannon. And I thought it was the biggest mismatch throughout the game. I mean, how if you're Gannon, how do you on two consecutive drives allow the Chiefs to have a walk-in touchdown because they run a little jet sweep motion and then they peel back and there's no adjustment made? I mean, guy right. walks into the end zone. I get it happening once. Okay, fine, they got you. Happened the next drive. And the next drive, they ran the same play on the other side of the field and more walks in. Um and by the way, they all, they also ran that 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 route with the with the receivers where they would cut inside and then pop outside, and the corners could not stay with them. They they either scored touchdowns or they drew the penalty at the end, which we'll get to that. But you know, it's just they 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 just you know read, dude. It's just when it comes to play design, that's what I complained about for two years with Tua that the play calling and the play design was just freaking remedial dude. And then my McDaniel comes in and now, and, I, and I'm like, okay, this is play design. This is what you're supposed to do in today's, you know, I mean, Miami's offense the first two years was so remedial that Hank Scram in the sixties is laughing at your ass. Okay. Because they were more dynamic in the sixties than the Dolphins were in the 2021-22 season or 2020 and 2021 seasons. Yeah. You know, that – and when you give Reed that much time, he just found ways to break them down. Yeah, I thought, you know, my whole thing going into the week was I, I picked the Chiefs 31-23, and the reasoning was I thought that Reed would just put it on Gannon in the game. And I also thought that the one thing going into that game I did not agree with people, and I had a lot of people ask me this on radio throughout the week, like, Hey, what do you think about, you know, is this going to be a repeat of that Tampa Super Bowl, you know, because the Chiefs offensive line? I'm like, Chiefs have a really good offensive line. Like, this is not a couple yeah. of years ago where the Chiefs had four backups and a, and a starter playing out of position. Like, that, that was the one weird thing. Look, I get the Eagles have a great front and all that. I, I got it. But the Chiefs are really good up front. I mean, they have, they have three pro bowlers and two all pros. And one of those guys is not named Trey Smith, who should have been a pro bowler. So they have. By the way, the, the amazing part really was. Good how they nailed and turned that line around in one season. Yeah. In one off season. Yep. They brought in four of the five guys. Offensive yep. line around. That was pretty sick, dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean, kudos to Brett Veach on that. And they, you know, but they, they dominated the game. I mean, that was, to me, that was the difference in the game was the Eagles just couldn't touch Mahomes. They couldn't get to him. Yeah. Zero, zero sacks. And they, and it wasn't even a game where they had zero sacks, but they really pressured him a lot. I mean, they, they really, yeah. I mean, they hit him five times the whole game, I think. And a yeah. couple of those times were him kind of like half running. And they just, you know, they kind of brought him down. It was it was a clinic. Oh, and, by the way, dude, where did he get that speed when he runs up the middle of the field? Like, dude, don't you have a high ankle sprint? You're pulling away from people. Like, yeah. adrenaline just yeah. carried yeah. his ass, dude. Yeah. Wow. It was it was funny because after the game, you know, I was down in the in the pressers with him and the rest of the team and you know, I think somebody asked him about it. He's like, well, as long as I just run really straight, it doesn't hurt. But if I have to – and if you watch that play, he doesn't go one way. He just goes straight down the field and falls over. So it, it just worked out that the seas kind of parted, and he said, okay, I can take off. But I think for me – and I don't, I don't know how other people feel about it. For me, that was the play of the game. Like, that will be the play I remember, the iconic play of that Super Bowl, that guy yes. with one ankle. Because, frankly, 
look at 21 14 when they're about to punt the ball away and he's crawling off the field they're like this is not good this is this is probably the end. and then they came out in the third quarter and they scored right away and they're like all right now it's now it's game on i mean at this point i thought for philly in a weird way that had to be the most deflating part of the game it's 24 to 14 and you've got an opportunity if you get off the field there and you get the ball back you got a real shot to put them down for the count and the other play that will get completely forgotten about, 14-7, Eagles have the ball. They're essentially midfield, give or take a few yards. It's third in a yard, and they're just going to do that little rugby play. They're going to push Hurts over for a first down. And Sayamalu is called for a false start, and it becomes oh, yeah. third and six. And they run a quarterback draw, and Hurts fumbles the ball, and the Chiefs run it back for a touchdown. I mean, that if he doesn't get called for a false start, it could have very easily been 17-7, 21-7. Also, that game starts getting sideways. Instead – he is called correctly for the start, for the false start, and then Hurts goes to switch arms. He fumbles the ball, and Nick Bolton, who is the best defensive player on the field for either team in that game, picks up the ball, runs you know whatever it was, 35, 40 yards, and and ties it up. Got to find ways to make plays. And let me describe that final play down there that we're everybody's talking about. Uh, what'd you think of the two holds on one play? Because I, this is the part that effing pisses me off with people. Well, he held. No, dude, he held twice he on did the play. Twice. He did. Held, right. He held, held twice. Turn. Not once, not not one, not two. <laughs> he held twice on that play, not once. And so this is what I, I put it to. So you get on the turnpike or whatever the highway is in, in Chicago. Oh, and and uh, it's 65. Anyway. It's 65. But everybody's doing 72, 73, and they don't stop you. Okay, but you're doing 72, 73, and you did a little bit too much of a tight changing of lanes. And there's a cop on the side with his radar, but he feels like stopping you. Yeah. Hey, but everybody else is – no, but, dude, you are speeding, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Okay, so then I can stop you because you're speeding. You're doing 73 in a 65. Yep. And yeah, other people did, but I saw you also weaving a little bit there. And so you, there's the referee. He sees not one, but two holds. So now you put him in a position. Oh, no, but it happens all the time. Yeah, but it did happen, right? So you put yourself in a position where he has to make a decision. And that decision could go against you. And by the way, yeah. if he saw what I saw, he saw two holds. And it's like, yo, bro, maybe I'll let you get away with one. But two, I'm not going to get you let away. No, no, this game's too important for you to get away with two holds. That's well, how I look at this whole thing. My feeling on it is if it's a hold in the first quarter, it's a hold in the fourth quarter. Like, and, and, the, and the reality is, you know, look, he did hold him twice. And Bradbury, after the game, was like, yeah, I held him. Like, Much I, respect. Know, Much respect. Tons, I love it. Tons. You know what? A lot of guys would have just passed the buck and blamed the official. And James Bradbury stood up like a man and said, you know what? It's, it's a good call. I held him. And look, he did hold him now. I get the people who are like, well, it's anticlimactic. You know what? But here's the other argument of this. The, I've heard of so many people say, well, you know, they're deciding the game. Are they kind of deciding the game if they don't call it? Right. I mean, like, he held – I'll also say this. There was also a drive earlier in the game where Juju got tackled on a third and eight coming across the middle. I mean, just flat out tackled. And they didn't throw a flag. Who knows? Maybe the Chiefs score on that drive. Maybe that. Maybe the, the end of the game is moot. They're kneeling down, right? So – what, what about the New Orleans game from years ago? Oh, that, that's the worst one. I mean, that one's ridiculous, right? And I you mean, didn't call it. Look, 
I will tell you this. And, and, they, and they didn't, am I right? They didn't call they didn't that call. one, right? And that was, that was comical how bad that was. Look, I will say this. It's because everybody here knows like, I grew up a Chiefs fan. Look, I remember the first Mahomes AFC title game when they looked like they were going to the Super Bowl. They picked off Brady, and then the flag comes in, and D Ford is lined up in the neutral zone. And there were a oh, lot yeah. of Chiefs fans who were like, right. how could you call that? He didn't even affect the play. It's like, look, man, he's in the neutral zone. And I and I got killed by Chiefs fans at the time. It's like he it's a penalty. Like he did it. He is in the neutral zone. Like it, it is what it is, man. Like they threw Great the flag. Great example, dude. Great and, example, by the way. You know, so to me, like, yeah, they would have gone to the Super Bowl. I mean, if he if he's not called for that, they're kneeling down going to the Super Bowl. And they probably beat Jared Goff in the Rams. And by the way, it, and that also happens all the time. The guy that's like and they don't call the it. edge rusher. That they, he puts the helmet just over the yep. line and all that, and they let it go all the time. It's but like it's if kind you're of there, like, you're committing right. the penalty. If you put yourself in a position that you're committing your a penalty, don't yeah. complain if they call it on he, you. Then was in the neutral zone, and a lot of Chiefs fans at the time were furious about the call. I'm like, look, man, he's in the neutral zone. Like, then don't line up in the neutral zone. And, you know, right. and it's kind of like Lane Johnson is famous for always getting off real quick off the line of scrimmage, and a lot of people think it's a false start. They don't call it. Now, if they call it on him once, well, you know, let's be honest. I mean, he, I think it is probably a false start a lot of the time, but they let him have a little bit. It's just like, you know what the best example of this is? When they, you know, there's delay of games, the clock hits zero, but they give them that extra half second a lot of the times. They give them that extra right. beat. But if they don't on a given play and they shut it down, it's a delay a game. Like you, you took, so listen, in the end. I, lo I love your D Ford. Exp that one is a perfect I mean, comparison I because it. And it was I, I remember, like, no, and I remember the Chiefs fans complaining. And then the argument was, well, it had nothing to do with the deciding part of that play or matter. whatever. It doesn't matesn't the matter. guy was well off sides. Yep. He was trying to get an advantage, just like Bradbury's trying to get an advantage because the receivers have been killing you with the cutting inside and the turning to the outside. And he knew that if he didn't hold twice, yep. the separation was there and he was going to get burned. And so he tried to not get burned by holding twice. You put yourself up out there and that's it. The call's done, dude. Yes, and I will say, too, the last thing on this is, you know what, look, the one argument I won't hear about this is, like, what well, was uncatchable? He was two steps from the ball. I mean, in the NFL, you make up two, three steps in a tenth of a second. I mean, it's all, I mean it, look, the bottom line is a lot of respect is used to Bradbury for being honest. But yeah, hell, I mean, it is what it is. You know what? And if I'm the Eagles, I'd walk away from that game saying we gave up 24 points on four drives in the second half. And if you, and if McKinnon doesn't right. just fall over, it's 28. So I don't want to hear it. Like the, the 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 bottom line is get off the field, stop him, do something. Don't don't give up a 65 yard punt return. Don't give up a scoop and score for a touchdown. And to be fair, how about sacking Mahomes? How about yeah. getting get some sacks, bro? I the 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 reality. And you know what? To be fair. You have not heard one word about it from the Eagles or the coaching staff. Here from the fans, the right. Eagles, and it's funny. It's it's really comparison or a good comparison to the Niners, who have done nothing but complain and whine and cry since they lost to the Eagles, got boat raced by them, and you got Debo Samuel out there talking and Brandon Ayuk talks like, guys, you lost thirty one to seven. I mean, let's go home. So right. I give the Eagles well, a lot we, of credit. We, had, we for, had that down here with the uh, Bills and the Heat. Oh, oh it's yeah. unfair, the heat, and they were cramping up, and this and that. Well, hey, bro, that's that's football. That's the idea. When you go to the cold, that's your domain. 
you're supposed to dominate in the cold. They're supposed to dominate in the heat. Right. Right. The, the, the Saints used to dominate in the dome because it was so loud and it was creating a, a home. For, that's kind of the idea, dude, that you're supposed to kind of create the elements and play in your elements and you should be more comfortable, you know, in the elements. But apparently the Bills aren't comfortable in the snow or the heat. I think anyway. sometimes I think sometimes people and, and a lot of times it's fans and sometimes it's players and coaches like and media and, the, media. Yeah, and media and media like the, everybody just looks for an excuse. It's like, look, man, you're lost. Like just just own it. Like just, it right. is what it, like I don't want to hear from the Bills that you were cramping. Oh, well, no kidding, you were cramping. It's Miami. It's September. Like there's a reason the Dolphins were all yours with Shula were white at home. Okay, like. And they wanted one o'clock games, right? All the time in, in September and October, yeah, right. they want one o'clock games, right? Of course. And, and you know what? And guess what? You know what the Bills always want with the schedule makers? Home games in December. Damn right. I mean, it, it, that's it. And that, and that's that. By the way, they should. Like you should want that. You know, Miami should be Miami should be asking to play at the hottest point of the day, right? They should move the stadium a thousand feet upwards so it's and closer to the sun. Nobody wants to go to Green Bay in the frozen tundra. That's it. All that if you're going to Green Bay, you're like, hey, can we get a game in September, please? Because <laughs> right. you know, I mean, nobody wants to go up there in December or January. That I always thought the biggest mistake the Vikings ever made as a franchise was Amen. The, bro, it's Minnesota. Like, make teams go up there. It's, yeah. I know, like, here in Chicago, they're talking about, you know, they're going to build a new stadium for the Bears, and maybe it'll be in the suburbs. Like, well, we're going to slap a dome on them. Like, you're never going to win another game again. Like, it's Chicago. It should be outside. I mean, oh, yes. I, I never understand these teams that do this. And it's like, well, you, you know, it's because now we can hold the we can hold the, the Taekwondo Expo in, in April and make more money. It's like, I, I get it. But for the football team, it's a terrible idea. Yeah. And any fan who's like, well, I, don't I, I would only the use the dome. I would only use you should build the dome, right? But you, you to have your yeah. events inside for other things, and then your football games, like the Bills. Yeah, yeah, you should build the dome. And then it's snowing and snowing and snowing. Okay, you have the roof on. Half an hour before kickoff, bam! Open the damn thing and let the elements in. And that way. It, you know, your 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 entire stadium is not full of snow that you have to shovel it out. You know, you've saved that. And then the elements that come in, now that's part of it. Your team should have practiced all week in it. You should be ready. Miami will not be ready for it or Houston or whoever yep, the hell right. visits you and take advantage of them. That's how the roof should be used yep. in Minnesota, too. Use it where you cover it for now so you don't get the damage of, all the snow, but then know, prior to the game, bro, let the elements Dude, in and, you know, there's a great live, live off those elements, bro. Build your team up defense, running games, yes. you know, physicality, like, like how they used to do it when we were young. By the way, if, if you have an opportunity, if you're the Vikings and you happen to play a team in a playoff game that like, you really think it would behoove you, depending on how you built your team to have the roof closed and close it. And if you think it'll and if you think it'll really help you to open it, then open it. Like I there's right. a great story from the 1950s in baseball, Bill Veck, who was a lunatic of an owner, but one of the more of eccentric guys ever, right? So Bill Veck owned the then Cleveland Indians, now the Guardians. And in Cleveland Municipal Stadium, depending upon who the pitcher was for the Indians, they would move the fences. Now, they outlawed that after a year or two of Bill Veck moving the dimensions around because he was like, all right. 
we got a bad pitcher. We're going to move him back. And then if they had a good pitcher, they're like, we'll move him in because we'll, we'll be – I mean, now that's home field advantage, okay? Right. Now, you don't have that right. ability in football, but I'm with you 100%. These cold-weather teams, they're like, let's slap a dome on it. Why? Why would you ever like, – it's crazy to me. It's you, you are helping the other team. It is insane, but here we are. No, I know. I mean, listen, if you're the Rams, back in the day, you yeah. build the team for the dome, the speed, all that yeah. to your yeah. advantage. You know, I get that. You know what I'm saying? But if you're in Kansas City, brother, you don't want a dome. No. Are you out of your mind? They <laughs> talk. You want were... them to come into November and December and, and early January now that the games are early January. Nobody wants to go to freaking Kansas City. One, it's loud as a mother. But two, it's going to be cold, and you're yep. going to have to deal with the elements. That's kind of part of the game, dude. 20, about Crazy. 20 years ago, when Jackson County in uh, Missouri was considering uh, renovating Arrowhead, because at that point it was like 35 years old, they talked about, well, could we get a Super Bowl there Could we, if we put a rolling dome over the stadium and people just lost their minds? It was a conversation point for about eight minutes. And people were like, absolutely not. No way in hell. Like, we're not doing it. It doesn't matter. We don't want Super Bowl. There's no way. And I – I remember thinking, like, you know how weird it would be and sterile it would be if they put a dome on Arrowhead? And like, great, right. great. Who cares? Like, this sucks. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. nobody, nobody wants this. Nobody in the world is clamoring for dome. And I just, you go back and look at those old NFL films, man. You're like Detroit playing at Tiger Stadium, and you had the Met in Minnesota. And now it's like, great. Everybody, hey, the Rams have to go to Minnesota. Good luck at the, at the Met in, in January playing that game. Now it's like cool. We're going to Minnesota. It's air conditioned. We, right. This is this is awesome. You know the Packers still a home field advantage. It hasn't been the last couple of years because Rodgers hasn't been able to get done the playoffs. But it is still a great home field advantage. And by the way, they've done a magnificent job of building out that stadium. No matter what, they've yes. added more and more suites <laughs> all over the place. They're doing fine. Yeah, they're yeah, doing fine. Well, it's okay. I, I actually. I think they they have some of the deepest reserves in like, the NFL, right? Have you been if, to if Green I, Bay? You ever been up there? No, I have not, man. It's still on my bucket list. I haven't been there for a game. It's one of the wildest things. So I I went up there a couple of years ago. It was actually during the preseason, but I went up there, and it's so funny because you know every other city in the NFL is so much bigger. So you have you have a downtown, you have a metro area, and then you know wherever they put the stadium. Green Bay, you're driving around Green Bay, and there there are these little like two and three bedroom houses and these little little you know driveways or anything else, just like any other little small town in America. And then just like rising out of the ground like a phoenix is Lambo. And people just put little signs in their yard, like, hey, you want to park in my driveway? It's 10 bucks. It's one of the wildest, like it's so it almost feels like a movie. It's so out of place. But you're just driving around all these little streets, you know, little downtown. I mean, nothing. And then all of a sudden, Lambo. It is, it is so unique. It's very cool. Yeah, I, I'm dying to go. I'm I'm dying to go on one one of those days that maybe the Dolphins uh, play there and, yeah. uh, and go experience it because I got to I got to experience it. But they've done a marvelous job of building out that stadium and everything around it. Sure. So they can continue to, you know, generate revenue. And and obviously they're one of the stronger teams when it comes to that. All right. Um, we uh, we talk a little bit about um, the Chiefs. Um, let's let's get into a little bit of some of the uh, quarterback talk. What do you think yeah. happens with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, look, I think he's going to get traded. 
I think at this point, I, now I don't know what four days of darkness is going to do for him. Maybe he comes out and he decides to, uh, you know, run, run for Senate or something. I don't know. But he, assuming that doesn't happen, I think he's going to get moved. And I think the Jets and the Raiders are pretty clearly the two teams that are the front runners here. I mean, look, the, the, both teams have their picks. The, Devontae Adams is in Vegas. He's a West Coast guy, offensive head coach. Um you know, and we just talked about all these conditions in stadiums. It's a dome stadium, so that works out for him too, right? That makes it easier. Yeah. Um, the Jets, look, they've got Garrett Wilson, they've got Brees Hall, they've they've got a really good defense. Uh, he, you know, they have Nathaniel Hackett, who's Rogers' guy. Um, so I kind of feel like those two places, it's just gonna be who who outbids the other one, right? I mean, I think that's that's kind of where you're going with this. The I will say this. Rodgers is due almost $60 million this year. The Jets have deeper pockets than the Raiders. They just do. Yeah, like, they do. That no, matters. Do. That matters. Yes. And and the Jets have been waiting for a quarterback since Namath. Like, they are under immense pressure to get a quarterback. Whereas I think, I think by the way, whoever doesn't get him, I think it's, it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo going to the other place because he's got ties to both places. Right. I right. mean, Sala knows him from New York, and of course McDaniels knows him from New England. So I, I think I think those two teams end up with, with those two guys. It's just a matter of who up is who. I, I think the Jets are the slight favorite for Rodgers, but I think it's slight. I, I think either place is certainly in play. Yeah, the only the only thing that I, I would, you know, and, and for entertainment purposes, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for it, but Rodgers and that New York media oh, be unbelievable. Gonna, yeah, that's <laughs> not gonna jive. It'll be fun for us because we'll oh, yeah. have things to talk about. But that New York media and Rodgers, that's not going to go well. No, it's not. Uh, anyone who's familiar with that area of the country, you know, in Green Bay, you're going to have maybe five, six people asking him questions after the game that he knows and that they need the access because Green right. Bay, is, the Packers are the only ticket in town. I can tell you right now, Newsday, the New York Daily News, they don't care. Like, no. they are just going to go full t- – like, if he has a bad game, they're going to they're gonna go after him. Like the oh, back yeah. page is going to be about him. So I agree with you. I agree with you that I, I can't even imagine him in, in New York telling them to relax. <laughs> okay. Good luck, man. Have fun with that. Um, I, I'm all for it though. Well, the theater would be amazing. If your car, who are you picking saints or Carolina? You know, I thought about this for a while the other day. Cause I think you're right. I think those are the two teams you'll look at and go, they're, they're probably the, the favorites in the clubhouse. Um, I go with Carolina, man. I, yeah, I I, you know, I I was picking him to go to the Saints, but if Carolina's in the mix, I'm with you, dude. I like Carolina because here's why: they've got an offensive coach in Reich, who's a former quarterback, right? Who I think I think even though it didn't work out in Indy, we all think's a pretty good head coach. Yeah, they've got Evero going from Denver over there now as the D coordinator, who's an excellent coordinator, and they got a lot of young talent on that team. Like that's a team that you look at, and they got a top ten pick. The Saints don't have a pick. Like the, the, the Panthers can go out and get him more help. So if I'm him, the one thing I'll say, I would I would go to the NC South because that division is atrocious. Like wherever he goes to the favorites. Um, I also think it's a better long-term situation. The Saints were in brutal cap hell. Like brutal cap hell. Panthers are good to go, man. Like I'd go there and be like, all right, I got DJ Moore. I got a, I got a young, improving offensive line. I got a coach who's an offensive guy, and I love the D coordinator. I feel pretty good about this. Like I feel if, if I were car, all things, even I would go there. Yeah, me too. Uh, to me, Carolina would be the, uh, the C the selection to go to. Yep. All right. Uh, tell them about stacking the box, my brother, what you got? 
I will. By the way, if uh, if Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, if that doesn't work out, watch for Atlanta. Um, Atlanta. Yeah, I would that just keep sense. that. I would keep that in mind. Um, I, although I think they're going to tag him. Oh, then, oh, they're definitely going to tag him. But if they and, if he, and if then they it'll get and then it'll get ugly whether he reports or not it. and, and oh, then that kind of stuff. They're going to tag him. But if it doesn't work, if they can't come to an agreement and things go sideways, don't forget how aggressive the Falcons were with Deshaun Watson. And he is, you know, he went to school in Louisville. It's right down the road. They got an offensive coach. They need a quarterback. They got cap space. They've got picks. Like Atlanta makes a lot of sense. But in any event, Sack in the Box, uh, Tuesday at noon Eastern, every single Tuesday. It's on YouTube as well. You can subscribe there. You can check it out. Please do. We've got over 6,000 accounting, which is fun. Uh, the column goes up every Monday morning, uh, covers the whole league. So uh, there's plenty to get to. And I'm going to be doing features throughout the, uh, throughout the offseason. So there's going to be a lot to hit uh, throughout the year, and I hope uh, hope everybody comes along for the ride. By the way, how big of a train wreck was it for you watching those Tua interviews on Radio Row? You know, I'll tell you, man, I was so busy. I, I never got to see him. I was oh, so okay. busy. I'll have to go back and watch him, but I, it was like a car wash for us. I mean, at one point, like, a guy sat down. And I was like, who, you know, whatever. I don't even know this. And I looked at him and realized it was Justin Fields. And he's like, hey, I'm ready. To, and I, honestly, man, I was, it was Friday morning. I was so tired. I looked at the guy sitting next to me. And I just thought we were partnering with Special Olympics there. We were doing some stuff with them. I just figured it was like somebody with them. And then I looked down. I, I was like, ah, it's probably just like an exec or whatever. And then I looked over again. I'm like, oh, hey, man, how you doing? You ready to talk? Like, by Friday, you're just cooked. You're totally cooked. I know. I know. I know. Been there, done it. I know how it is. Yep. It's it, it drives your ass crazy when it's all said and done. But, hey, New Orleans next year for you. Vegas, then New Orleans. Oh, Vegas, then New Orleans. But either right. way, I'm Vegas. good. The next two years are going to be great. <laughs> I'm looking forward Vegas to it. I'm going to be Orleans, by the time I leave Vegas. Although Phoenix is a cool town. I, Phoenix I, is I, great. Phoenix yeah. is great. I, I, I like I, all the Super Bowls I've covered, my two favorites at this point. And ironically, she's won them both. But Phoenix and Miami. I just thought those cities did the best jobs. I really enjoyed them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm biased, obviously, with Miami. But I Miami went to the, the, the last Phoenix one in 2015, and I had a really good time. And the, the city did it right. It's a nice, yeah. it's a really, really cool city. It's clean. I like it. I like it. I, I like Phoenix. They, they do a good job over there in Phoenix, man. Very good. All right. Follow them on Twitter at Matt Verderam. And, of course, you got to subscribe, read, download, stack in the box. Matt, we'll catch up next week, my friend. Appreciate you. Take it easy. You got it. There you go. Matt Verderam. Red Recover right now, 30% off. Take advantage. When it's gone, you're going to be pissed. And if you're dealing with pain right now and discomfort and maybe it's a shoulder injury, an old injury, old surgery, Red Recover can help you out. It can help you optimize your workouts. You can use them before and after when you're playing your, you know, pickleball or tennis or weights or whatever it is, running, jogging, whatever it is you do, man, these wraps can help your back, your neck, your shoulders, arms, you name it, knees, ankles. We've got a wrap for anything and everything. We've even got one for the ladies. We've got a pad that you put over your face for your crow's feet, for the wrinkles and all that stuff, man. It helps make the wrinkles disappear, which is a beautiful thing. You know, I mean, red, red light therapy, it, it can even help you. Let's say you're, you're about to have surgery or you just had surgery and you have a fresh scar. Not if the scar has been out for years and years. That's already done. You're, you're toast there. But if it's a fresh scar... Man, red light therapy can actually help you make that scar disappear. It's also great for dogs. We have wraps for small dogs and for bigger dogs because of their hips and they have hip issues. One of our listeners has a, a little uh, 
um, Yorkie, and he had uh, broken legs where they put rods in there, and he was having trouble moving around. He put the wraps on the dog, and the dog now is having, you know, it's it's a lot easier for him now moving around. He's he's happier now. He's feeling less discomfort because the wraps get the blood flow going. Even my man Sean Stanley, who's got one knee that is bone on bone, that is really hard to fix. At least the wraps help alleviate that tension, that 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 uh, that itis that you get from bone on bone rubbing. Well, it gets the blood flow going. It alleviates the discomfort for him, so he's able to you know move around a little bit better with that knee. It can help you in so many different ways. Go to RedRecover.com. Check out the blogs. Check out the video blogs. Get thirty percent off RedRecover.com. This has been The Huddle with NFL reporter Matt Verderam. RedRecover.com helps pros and everyday warriors heal on the go with their medical-grade, highly specialized devices designed for each area of the body. Go to RedRecover.com to learn more about red light with videos, blog posts, and over 40 years of medical research to treat pain, inflammation, and overall well-being. Welcome to Red Light Therapy. A revolutionary technology perfected by NASA to aid in muscle strengthening and recovery. Red and infrared light has the capacity to penetrate deep into the cell's mitochondria, potentially leading to increased energy, faster recovery, and the optimal performance your body demands. Train. Fight. Recover. Oh, I think I know what this is. Houston, we have a package. Hello? No matter where you are, the Sloman Shield Home Security System guards your home. With next-gen perimeter protection, 24-7 monitoring, and interior motion sensing. And right now, get a free Sloman Shield Security System and doorbell camera, all professionally installed, for free. Shield your world, the Sloman Shield. There's no need to drive around South Florida wasting valuable time looking for a new or certified pre-owned Acura. Go to the number one volume sales dealership in the Southeast United States. Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines. Purchase with pace and space in a dealership tailored to your needs. From home buying to providing that personal touch. Contact the 2020 Satisfaction Award winner Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines. 888-776-5123. That's 888-776-5123. Or visit them at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. For over 16 years, EJDConstruction.com has provided South Florida residents quality craftsmanship, accurate project management, and exceptional service. That's why EJDConstruction.com is an A-rated member of Angie's List and the Better Business Bureau. When you're looking for the right custom home builder for additions or home remodeling, please call my friend Eric at 305-433-4843. That's 305-433-4843 for EJDConstruction.com. 
When you move, you need a reliable company led by passionate folks, eager to assist its customers during a transitional process that needs to be smooth. Call Essential Moving Experts at 844-368-5750 for all your local and long-distance moving needs. You can rely on Essential Moving Experts. Mention the Big O Show and get $150 off. Family-owned and operated, they offer free 30-day storage, full-service moving, fully licensed, bonded, and insured. Moving was never so easy. EssentialMovingExperts.com. If you're a Miami sports fan, then there's only one store to go to, and that's Caneswear at Miami Fanwear in Davie. They're your one-stop shop for all your inner Miami CF, Canes, Dolphins, Panthers, and Marlins merchandise. They have hats, t-shirts, game day jerseys, and so much more. Located at 2511 South University Drive in Davie, and open 24-7 online at caneswear.com or innermiamiware.com. Call them at 954-835-5597. Caneswear, the spot where inner Miami and all Miami sports fans shop. on the following program by the host, guests, or callers are not necessarily the opinions of FantasyXS.com, Media Group, Inc., Ownership Management, Sponsors, or Website. When it comes to South Florida sports teams, very few in the media have witnessed, lived, and covered it like the Big O. Let's start the program dedicated to your favorite South Florida teams with a passion that's unmatched. The Big O Radio Show is on. Here's the Big O. Right, right, right. There you are. There we are. We're ready to rock and roll. Yes, sir. Right. What do we got here on the uh, chat? Why is Red Skeleton all over the place? Why? Why, why is he spamming? Hmm. Anyway, Fangio is the Dolphins. He was already the Dolphins DC. I'm not sure why some of you are so freaked out about the announcement. No big deal. Uh, Fangio signs. Uh, okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? The missed calls back in the day were not as egregious because that wasn't HD and frame-by-frame technology like it is now. It happens. There, there's been a lot of bad non-calls, bad calls all throughout history. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Oh, doesn't sound like uh, much here. Uh, don't forget to ask Matt about Chad Henny. <laughs> yeah, we did talk about the great Chad Henny. I really did a, I really did a disservice in that segment. Uh, let's see. Finally, no more cover. O nightmares. Um, yeah. How about no sacks in a Super Bowl? Just saying. 
Oh, RIP. Oh, yeah, I know. I saw Conrad Dobler. You know, I thought he was older. I think he was like 74. Uh, I think he passed away at the age of 74. And I, I, I said to myself right away, I go, man, I thought he was older, actually. So um, 74 is pretty good, right? Pretty good. I mean, every day we're above ground is is a good deal. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, 74, not bad. Not bad. Uh, when sports and business collide, we like doing something called the KSDT, CPA, Sports Business Report. Righty, righty, righty. This is a this is an interesting story. I don't know if you know about this, Sean. Uh, you can give me a thumbs up if you want. But uh, did you know that Daytona 500 has sold out? Did you freeze? tickets for the race will once again be brought will be once again be broadcasted by fox on the secondary market it started as 150 as of tuesday with strong showing at the venue the daytona 500 hopes the trend of broadcast eyeballs continues to improve after significant drops in viewership in 2020 and 2021 due to delays and shortened races 2022 saw a rise of 8.9 million viewers after seeing 4.8 million in 2021 the eighth consecutive sellout for nascar's marquee race comes nearly a month after the daytona international speedway president frank kelleher said that the grandstand seats and camping spots had been sold it'd been a bit easier to sell out at the framed 2.5 mile over these days and in 2013 uh daytona racing uh, renovation was completed in 2016 race. Seating capacity was 147,000. About 46,000 backstretch grand seats were removed as part of the recent downsizing efforts. Atlanta, 17,000 removed and Charlotte, 41,000. Daytona currently has 101,500 permanent seats, a 31% reduction to 2013. So there you go. Daytona is sold out and ready to go. That town is probably rocking right now. And you want something cool? Sean, where are we going to be on Friday? KSDT. That's right. And our buddy, Jeffrey, who, of course, is the managing partner of ksdt and jeffrey tarabolis is going to join us straight from the pits of daytona so he's going to be in daytona 500 talking to us and he's going to be walking around the pits and giving us views of the pits and the racers and everything else going on and people preparing on friday for the race on sunday so those of you on Friday, you'll be uh, you'll be in for a treat at one point during the show 
that uh, Jeffrey will be in the pits at Daytona. So hopefully we get good reception. By the way. That's, what, that's what I'm hoping for. So we'll uh, we'll have some fun with that. I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. I, I like going to the races. I get a real thrill out of that. I don't, you know, watching on television, it's all right, but it's not really what I clamor to do all the time. You know, I'd rather actually be at physically at the race. You know, like if I could take this show on the road this week and be in Daytona, I'd gladly do it. No problem. Do the show all week long from the track while they're all preparing and then hang around for the race and then come back after maybe do a Monday from Daytona and then come back, you know, that kind of stuff. I would like to do that. I think that would be a really, really cool thing to be able to do something like that. But I mean, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. Maybe maybe next year, maybe we can uh, kind of set it up for next year and and go on the road for for a little Daytona 500. See, these are the things that I'd love to do on the show is get to that point where we're traveling constantly to big events, okay? Whether it's a big UFC fight, whether it's a big boxing match, whether it's a big race, whether it's the F1 race in, in Vegas or Super Bowl week or, you know, whatever it is, you know, all these kind of things, uh, draft and Vegas Summer League and all that kind of stuff, that's that's where I would love to have the show at that plateau where we're constantly traveling and, and going to all these events and being at all these events and covering it for you guys. You know, that's where we'd like to be. So, but it takes your support takes for you guys to hit that like button, hit the notification bell, subscribe, visit our sponsors. You know, if you live here in South Florida, Dade Bard, Palm beach, KSDT, use them as uh, your accounting firm for your personal taxes, for your professional, for your business taxes, you name it. That's that's the important part, folks. If you want us to, you know, grow and and cover these kind of events uh, all over the place in all different sports, uh, that's that's what we need. We need a little support from you all. Omar Kelly, by the way, is set to join us at the top of the hour, so we'll have a little fun uh, with Omar. Um, do uh, want to remind you as always, Perdomo Cigars is a proud sponsor of our program. And I tell you all the time, whether we're talking about the lot 23, you see the champagne there, the 10th anniversary, which is just absolutely awesome. Uh, the sun grown, the Connecticut, uh, the Maduro. I love the Maduro 10th anniversary. It is a box pressed medium to full body. It's got uh, hints of dark cocoa. Uh, it's got um, uh, like an espresso-type finish. Uh, that Maduro is so rich in flavor. I love the 10th anniversary. And, and, by the way, 93 rating from Cigar uh, Journal. The Connecticut wrapper got a 92 rating from Cigar uh, Journal. Uh, try the 20th anniversary. I think that one's awesome, whether it's Connecticut, Sun Grown, or Maduro. The Maduro has these uh, notes of, um, like, chocolate espresso. Uh, again, really, really good cigar. The Sun Grown is also rich. Uh, the Perdomo Lot 23, the Abano uh, Bourbon Barrel Aged is a fantastic cigar. It's a six-year-old Bourbon Barrel Aged Ecuadorian wrapper. So the 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 
the flavor from the wrapper all the way through binder filler. And that's one thing that you're going to love about Perdomo cigars. The construction is impeccable. It burns evenly. The flavor goes all the way to the end. You know, you hate those cigars that start and then their flavor dies out. That doesn't happen with a Perdomo cigar because it's made the right way. You know, if, if you could ever take, if you could ever go down to Nicaragua and take a tour of the Perdomo factory, and then when you're done, you're going to go, well, wait a minute. You guys put all that work and this cigar is eight bucks? This cigar is nine bucks? How do you guys make any money? Like, that's what you're going to do because the quality from beginning to end, and that's the way Nick and his family have always done it, is just second to none. The Estate Selección, please check that out also. Um, the Besides the double-age 12-year vintage, uh, which is just absolutely awesome. It's just some amazing cigars. And if you haven't been to the cigar factory here locally in South Florida, in Miami Lakes at 5150 Northwest 167th Street, right off the Palmetto, you should check it out. They got a beautiful, ginormous humidor there with all the Perdomo cigars. They've got a beautiful, ginormous couch. I, I, I crap you not, it's easily a 30-foot couch. <laughs> Horseshoe, 30-foot Big, giant television, big, beautiful lounge to smoke your cigars if you want. Nick Perdomo's around a lot. You might see him. You can take a picture, you know, with the stud out there himself. Go see Arthur. He's a great dude. Billy Perdomo, Nick Jr. It's just some great people out there, the entire Perdomo family. 5150 Northwest, 167th Street. Or go to your nearest cigar bar or store anywhere in the world and ask for it by name. A little Perdomo cigar, baby. You smoke a Perdomo, you're definitely winning. It is a winning cigar. Uh, Gary says, last week, Florio and Sims bragged that Tua would appear in their program on Friday and then on Friday complained that the top-rated QB canceled on them uh, at the last moment. Uh, yeah, Tua canceled a whole bunch of interviews. Uh, not just theirs. He, they, the, just go look at the first few he did. They're, they were terrible terrible you know and it, it, it's what i told you exactly when some of you were worried about it oh is he ready for the all-star for the pro bowl and it's like who gives a shit about the pro bowl i don't want him to play in the pro bowl i just want him to rest and besides what's he going to go to the pro bowl is what i told you just to answer a bunch of concussion questions because that's all they're going to ask him and that's all they asked him that's the problem. And I get it. This is what his life is right now for all of you out there. He gained nothing. Subways didn't gain anything, unfortunately. You know, Subways deserve better. Not that they're my sponsor or anything, but I work with sponsors, and I, I kind of get it, and I kind of understand what Subways was trying to you know, accomplish, and it just wasn't a good combination for them, unfortunately, because Tua was in a terrible spot. And then the questions that were asked were just silly, man. So it was just a, it was a bad experience. He didn't need it. It was just aggravation. And so he canceled. That's all. And those guys, all they did was slam the kid all year long. In fact, you know, I don't know why even Tua, I don't even know why Tua's people, because it's not Tua, 
but I don't even know why two his people put the interview together in the first place. And that was probably only for subways and for exposure purposes. But I don't think you should be bringing Tua onto a show that you had guys that were saying stupid shit about your client constantly. And now they want an interview from the guy. No, dude, I'm sorry. So I'm, I, I have no problem with him. After you watch a few of those interviews and you're done like almost like, you know, close to like putting yourself in a room for four days and like what Aaron Rodgers has to do, because that's kind of what I felt like after watching some of those interviews. I felt like I needed to go into a dark room for four days and just forget about life. My God. It's terrible, dude. Absolutely terrible. What can I tell you? Heat favored by one against the Nets tonight. Uh, Panthers lost again last night. They lost to the Blues 6-2. to two. They've played 57 games. They've got 25 games left. They're not really too far behind. They're only a couple of points behind the final playoff spot. But, again, they've got to skip a, a team in order to get there because I think they're the 10th spot right now. And they've got to somehow – by the way – the Panthers cannot find a goalie, right? That's like official. Knight played like shit again yesterday. The kid has never turned the corner, uh, never has not flashed enough to say, oh, my God, this guy's going to be special. Um, they, they can't draft a goalie if their lives depended on it. What a shame that they can't find a goalie. That kind of sucks. I have to say. That's one where, uh, what can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen? What can I tell you? It's a sad state for the Panthers. Verhage at least had a goal and assist, and Kachuk had two, two assists. Kachuk has been, God, he's awesome. He's, he's worth just watching games for him, basically, because it's almost like what we're done to. So, yep. Uh, by the way, Sloman's Home Shield. They've been servicing and taking care of Americans for over a hundred years. That's one hell of a company. You could talk about a century of service. That's fantastic. Right now, we're giving away a free doorbell camera. One eight hundred alarm me. That's one eight hundred alarm me. And folks, when you use our low cost central station monitoring, and of course. Uh, when uh, you use our um, professional installation, we will also give you an LED touchscreen pad, a motion detector, three arm doors, and a backup battery. And you're going to love that doorbell camera because that's going to make your life so much easier. You're going to know who's there. You can talk to them, whether you're inside the house, whether you're upstairs, whether you're you know, in the backyard, whether you're driving to your house and somebody's dropping off food or there's a delivery or something, you can communicate with the person. It's a beautiful thing, folks. Check it out. We're going to give you a free doorbell camera now, the first 40 Big O listeners. 1-800-ALARM-ME. That's 1-800-ALARM-ME. Tell them that Big O sent you. And We're in 14 different states like Florida, like California, like Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, Maryland, Virginia, Georgia. And 
By the way, if you're in one of these cold states that I mentioned and you want to save maybe hundreds of dollars on your heating oil, yeah, you use it all the time. It's still cold out there up north. 1-866-OIL-DEAL. Call the great people at Slomans. And you know what you pay on average for your oil, for your heating oil. Well, all you're doing is calling to compare the price. And that's it. And if you see you could get a lower price, well, then you're going to save yourself a lot of money, folks. one oil deal Compare now and save hundreds. Fixed prices to help you, the customer, 24-7 service. Call one oil deal That's one oil deal Do it now. If you're freezing your ass off in parts of California or Connecticut or New Jersey or New York or Maryland or Virginia or even in Georgia, Call the great people at Slomans, 1-800-OIL, 1-866, I'm sorry, oil deal. Call them now. All right, let's uh, take a quick break. Hour number three is ready to go. Omar Kelly and our EssentialMovingExperts.com Miami Dolphins Exchange is next. This podcast replay is brought to you by EssentialMovingExperts.com. Five-star rated, 25 years of experience in the moving business. Family owned and operated. They offer free 30 day storage. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. Mention the big O and get $150 off. Moving was never so easy. EssentialMovingExperts.com. All righty, there he is, ready to go. How you feeling? Oh, you feeling good? Yeah, man, I'm good. Can't complain. If I did, nobody would care. That is, that is the tooth. That is definitely the tooth. Uh, by the way, you you weren't one of those lame dicks complaining about Rihanna, right? Uh, no. The whole time I'm watching the show, my wife is telling me, like, well, one, I'm dancing with my daughter, who's soon to be two, and she's just absolutely, you know, she just wants to get up and dance, and she wants daddy to put her, her on his shoulders and dance with her. Um, so we're doing that, but my wife is telling me, she's pregnant. She's pregnant. She's pregnant, and I'm. It's it's so distracting, and then you're just watching her like limit her dance movements because obviously she's pregnant. Um, it's funny that she still hasn't come out, or her spokesman hasn't come out, or to my knowledge, and acknowledged the fact that yes, Rihanna is pregnant with another child. Um, because if she's just carrying the baby weight, and that was what was no, no, that wasn't no, no, that wasn't baby weight. She's pregnant. Yeah, I, I I say the same thing. Um, but by the way, I commend her for that because one, I commend that that we you know allow her to still do her thing. I thought she did it in a very classy way. By the way, I thought it was well designed. Uh-huh. I thought the the dancers around her, you know, really, I thought it was choreographed awesome. And then at the same time, if you you've got that close up. You could tell it that when she's elevated, those things are like you know they're they're kind yeah. of moving around. She, but she she was strapped in on it. I mean, okay. it's but it's not the first time. But she's... you're strapped in. You're pregnant. Yeah. You're in front of billions of people. Yeah. You still have to keep your composure. So give her her props. No, okay? no, no. I, I definitely you know, think she deserves her props for the show. I mean, the the baby steals the show and that's what everybody was talking about after the Super Bowl. So, I mean, mission accomplished, but think about it. She committed to doing the Super Bowl 
probably four months before she was pregnant. I'm sure she never yeah. really thought or whatever. I don't know what their plans are. So, you know, Sometimes you can't plan that, bro. Yeah. No, hey, listen, Prop, props to her. Props to her for continuing to do the show. Um, I did not. I will acknowledge this. What I didn't like was that there wasn't a guest performer. And yeah, a lot of people were because we've kind of getting used to it. Our, yeah, we've and and that's not fair to her either, because maybe that was never part of the thing. It was just something people talked about, reported all yeah. this and that, but that was never said. Oh, Rihanna's, no. you know what I mean? It's but like, every, so it's everybody, not, everybody. And, and, and by the way, Rihanna is big enough that she doesn't really need you know, that extra performer overall. So that's, yeah, you know, but Beyonce gave us a destiny child reunion, but see, she doesn't, Rihanna's not that Rihanna's Rihanna. She doesn't, I, have I, I understand that, but let, let, let's, okay. I guess, you know what? You're right. Because, um, the weekend didn't give us any guests and I had dude. And I love that one. It was, I crazy. love that one with the uh, inside the, the mirrors. Yeah. The it was a little I weird was to me. Cool, dude. I it thought, a, yeah, I, I had no problem with that one. Actually. A little, I, I little, a little weird, a little weird. I'm not a weekend fan though. My wife, my wife loves the weekend and she plays this music all the time. And I always tell her like, change it. I don't want, I'm just not, I've taken her to a weekend concert and it just, I sat there and it was just like, I don't like it. And not it's enough just, variety in his music, right? He doesn't maybe really... maybe that's what it is. Yeah. It's it's yeah. just it's just not for me. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of his music kind of sounds. Uh, it's like that guy Sam Smith that gets a lot of you know, but most of his music sounds a lot of the same, you know. And I hear you. You know, so you. it's kind of uh, you know, whatever. But it is what it is. But still, uh, I like that one. He he. It was different the way they did it too, and so the way Rihanna did it also was was different too i i liked it overall uh what'd you think of the game and uh um, very happy because as you know i have money on kansas city um mm -hmm. got got it, it made a nice little payday so i'm very appreciative to that um thought the pass interference call was overplayed um it was pass interference twice twice he held yeah. twice Okay, maybe, maybe. I, 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 I don't know. There's for, no maybe. Watch it. He helped. I, yeah, I only look for one. Um, uh, that game could have easily gone either way. Uh, what I like about Patrick Mahomes is if you give him a chance on that, on, on, on that final, if you give him the ball within a within a, a one score lead or even to close out the game, he's going to finish. Which is why when I saw the odds, because I did, I did that bet maybe. I did that bet maybe two months ago at probably right when Jalen hurts suffered the shoulder injury. Cause I was like, Hmm, it's, it's, it's really good. And they didn't know how serious the shoulder injury was. I was like, this is some really good odds to, to, to I put hundred down to get like four eighty, And I was like, or four forty. I was like, man, this is, this is some good odds here. So I took it. Very thankful that I did. I was offered to buy it, buy it out, and I I really wanted to, but I was just like, you know what? Let it ride. If if I buy it out, I just double the money. I, the hundreds already gone. Let me just ride it out. See if I can get my four four hundred. So I'm very happy that I did. But it could have easily went either way. But I was watching very nervously. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I pick KC also, and um, just uh, I give them props, man. Second half, they came through. Yeah, and, uh, and, total team and performance. The fact that the Eagles, after a, a year where they got four billion sacks, and couldn't they couldn't touch get, but but that's coaching. Them. That's coaching, which is why I have always said, un unwavering. This is back when Joe Philbin, the Dolphins hired Joe Philbin. I was saying, hey, Andy Reid's available. Go get Andy Reid. Andy Reid is the best coach in the NFL. Don't, no question about it. Andy Reid's coaching tree is the best coaching tree in the NFL. No no reservations on my part in saying that. Um, I, I challenge you to find somebody with a better coaching tree. Um, and it was the game plan. The, the, the quick passing games, the runs, the lateral runs, it was a phenomenal game plan that – basically negated what the Eagles strengths were and loved it, loved every second of it. Like you didn't, you didn't see them go after Darius Slay. You didn't, you know, they played a brilliant game plan, which was avoid Eagle strengths and loved it. By the way, the coaching tree that Andy comes from is the only other coaching tree. It's Walsh, right? Right. The Bill Walsh tree with Dennis green and, Mariucci, and, yeah, yeah, uh, Sam Weish, and yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, Mike Holmgren, who then that's where he comes from. That that Holmgren comes from the Bill Walsh tree, whereas Andy Reid comes from the Mike Holmgren tree. So it's kind of the same. Was roots. he on uh, Walsh's staff? No, he was on Holmgren's that, staff. Holmgren's staff. Okay, well, and Holmgren he... is a disciple of yes. the, the Walsh stuff. Well, so, so it's kind of it's kind of it shows you that the influence that those guys had that even Holmgren had his own tree and now Andy has had his own tree also I, off of that off of the Walsh tree. You you know whose tree I also like I like Shanahan's tree. I like my I I really like Mike Shanahan's tree. And yeah. it's it's yeah. quite impressive if you yeah. really really take That's a another look at it. that's another one that's uh developed some some nice branches. Unlike Belichick, that's a rotten ass tree. Yeah, man. Uh, well, that's Bel- if you don't if you don't allow your coaches to grow on their own, and you're just going to be a puppeteer the entire time, you know, just like if you want to coddle your kids the entire I, time. I, I don't think and that's, when you that's put, his when problem. you send them off when you send them off into the real world and you coddle them the entire time, and they face adversity and they fold like a cheap tent. That's because you didn't toughen your kid up enough. And that, to me, that's what happens with Belichick. He coddles because he controls his damn coaches like puppets. So by the time they are set off to in the real world, they, their little wings, they're not ready to fly. And they're No, I, I think their them. downfall is they think that they can all do it Belichick's way. And I know they don't want to be like Belichick, but they, they've all, with the exception of Lovey Smith, and I think we've discussed this, uh, not Lovey Smith, um, no, Romeo Cornell. Cornell. Yeah, but Cornell is just a wired differently. He's yeah, just a, they've all, with the exception like of Cornell, human being, you know? had had a very abusive tinge to them, and yeah. that's not going to work in today's NFL. Yeah, Cornell NFL. was probably the opposite. He was probably too nice. <laughs> that's probably Cornell's thing that he's too much of a decent human being. You know what I mean? He's probably yeah. too too nice overall. That's probably what's kind of hurt him, you know, in this process. Um. They were disastrous. I don't know if you watched them. 
and then he kind of canceled the rest of his interviews. Did you catch the whole Tua Super Bowl week? And did you catch any of the interviews? Because they were, I mean, just absolutely brutal. And then he kind of canceled the rest of his interviews. Just out of curiosity. You, did, did he cancel the rest of his interviews? I saw oh, yeah. I, I saw oh, yeah. some, and they were brutal. And yeah. I was just like, whoa. Like, but not to my surprise. Because you you know what's weird, and 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 I would love for you to weigh in on this because me and you we sat in. Me, a I have no opinion on anything. So go ahead. We sat we sat for seven years in a very distinct position where we were both labeled as Tannehill haters. Um, yes. I I view I view myself as a Tannehill critic. He was never ever going to be good enough, and the longer you kept dragging it out, the more time you wasted. That was my position for seven years. We, we did yeah. this, this song and dance for seven years, Amen. never going anywhere. And what really bothers me was from, from the, and I said this earlier this week on Twitter from the national media standpoint, um, you never heard them say dolphins better go get a better quarterback dolphins free this free agent dolphins should be exploring this free agent hey this quarterback in this draft i remember i i i, I drafted quarterbacks for the dolphins in my mock drafts and was like hey you you guys should Every really year. Think, think about taking another quarterback remember right. the joe philbin Derek carr flirtation i was like yeah do it you like him go do it go ahead go for it and the national media never once in seven years, including his injury stint, said, hey, Dolphins should be exploring a, a replacement. Dolphins should be no, trying to In fact, to they were suckered by uh, Tannehill. They were even suckered even I, I don't know if they were suckered by – nobody ever believed in them because they were very – they were not relevant. But let's get, let me get to my point. That's seven years. Seven years. Now, Tua has had – Two years as a bona fide starter. I'm not counting this first year. Two years as a bona fide starter. He was like the 16th ranked quarterback in the NFL his second year. And he finished as the number one ranked quarterback this year. Now, we all know the narratives and conversations have been put to rest about his ability, his arm. What hasn't been put to rest is his durability and fragility. Okay, no, no argument there. But all week, we're hearing stuff about Derek Carr and, oh, the Dolphins should be exploring replacement for Tua. Oh, the Dolphins should be like, bro, it's been two years. He's He, he was literally Pro Bowl caliber quarterback in the conversation for MVP in two years, his second year. You don't hear these conversations about Matt Jones. Why are you hearing them about Tua? Like, what? Wh and I get it. The concussions, no problem. Give him one season. This is all I ask. One season, 2023, to show you who he is. Without any question, without any drama, fully supporting him, behind him, like the team is. One season to show him all the, give him all the support that he needs as a fan base, and, and as an organization and, and from a media standpoint and then see what comes of that this man can't even get that like why i don't get it and seven years of mediocrity with Tannehill, like Tannehill deserves seven years of mediocrity and we can't get one season 
where Tua isn't under heavy barrage? Like, why? I don't get it. I mean, he's the number one rated passer in the NFL, bro. It's not like Miami Dolphin quarterbacks are never that, ever. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm hanging in there, and uh, I'm I'm happy bringing him back. I just hope, you know, I'm glad he's taking judo. Uh, I took judo myself for, for a few years, and it does teach you how to fall and how to prepare for falls. Is it going to protect them every single time? Of course not. There are going to be things that happen in the NFL that you're not going to be able to yeah. be prepared for, yeah. and you'll get plastered. There yeah. are times that you will get hit, yeah. and you will have an opportunity to break your fall and those kind of things. So it, it could help in certain situations. So I'm glad he's making an effort. Ultimately, I think what's going to save his ass and give him a long career is make your decisions under three seconds, kid. That's all. Make make ninety nine percent of your decisions under three seconds. I, once I in a while, that. you know, you know, around. I don't support that. You know, I don't. I, I get that. it. I get it. I, but once in a know. while, there'll be nobody around, and you'll be able to buy yourself another half a second or a second, and then you take advantage of it. But more often than not, do what a lot of the great statue like quarterbacks did, whether they were Peyton Manning or or Drew Brees or Dan Marino. Make a quick decision and get rid of the ball. You, you, don't you could be right. Trampling. I don't believe in fundamentally changing who a quarterback is, and you know that we we have we've had this argument since the midseason. And it's I not don't changing. It's not changing. It's just tweaking what you do. You're not changing who it, you his, are. His his beauty is he buys that extra second and he makes something happen with that extra second, and I I love that about him. And his if you beauty, take his beauty is he can throw on time. And accurate and anticipate and see windows uh, opening before they actually open. What That's made him the number practice. one passer is that extra second he can buy. And I get it. It leaves. That's not how he got hurt, though, Big O. And it I get is. it. It is how he can get hurt. Well, that's how he always gets hurt. All of them are between four and five seconds. Not all his injuries. Oh, okay. I timed them all, bro. His it, ankles, it, his hip, his two concussions. They're all he's going to get hit. 3.8 seconds to 5.1 seconds. He's going to get hit. He's going to get hit. Build him, build him a brick wall. He's going to get yeah, hit. But you can't take Tannehill time to throw. You can't be in the four or five second range, bro. That's 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 how Tannehill used to take all those hits because he would wait four or five seconds. Luckily, he would that, that wasn't Tannehill's problem. That that wasn't Tannehill. I mean, he could Tannehill absolutely no feel for. Right, pressure. right. He couldn't read it, but that's the that's my point, doggy. That it took him four to five seconds to actually read, because he couldn't make his reads. I mean, he could read. He has no he could read. He has no feel for the pocket. He has no feel for. I'm curious what's right. going to happen to right. him. By by the way, this in this off season that you know, I guess quarterbacks are now available. Derek Carr, um, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm curious what's going to happen with Tannehill because somebody. I gonna... think you know, I, I think somebody will bring him in to be competition slash backup guy or something like that. Team competition that... slash backup. Oh, yeah, you like, think like he's a, a backup? Tannehill. Oh, well, well, I mean, in this with league, all these trash ass quarterbacks in the league. In this league, that's what I'm saying. In this league, he's either a bad starter or a backup. He's not a bad starter. Come on, let's put some respect on his name. He's a he's an average NFL starting quarterback. Yeah, he's a he's a game manager. I'm just I'm big. I'm not big on game managers. It, it's, it's just, I mean, when they not to say that you know when they the Titans were a good team when he was healthy. 
Oh, Titans had a Super Bowl team, bro. If they had a quarterback, no, I'm talking about this year. I'm talking about this I'm, year. I'm, I'm talking about since he's been there. They're they're pretty damn good. That yeah, they don't. They had don't a real them. quarterback. They would have gone a lot farther with a real quarterback. Derek Carr. How much further they get? With what? Derek oh, Carr. Oh God, they might win a Super Bowl two years ago. If you have AJ there and all that, you might win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. Yes, definitely. There's, I can name several quarterbacks that are way worse than Derek Carr that won with a complete team. And if Derek Carr had that of a couple of years ago, yeah. Yeah, not this past year because this past year, once you lost A.J., you really lost a lot in that offense. Yes, it, I agree. It made, he makes life – he's a freak, bro. How many guys are built like that guy? It's like he, he, you, you purged you purge and didn't help yourself, no question. Right. Yeah, no, and I get why they did it. Because with Malik, which was a bad pick, it looks like right now, and then they drafted the young kid. So then those two guys would grow up. I, I get what the vision is. Why? Why yeah. are we going to pay AJ while we're developing a young quarterback? They, I, they, I, they, I understand. I understand. They should have went one more year with this roster because that was their window. Now, I think now that three interception performance was like, yeah, this is not the guy. Like he lost, like, because the interceptions were really bad and really, and like, and you're like, wow, this team is really good. And this guy just effed everything up. And I think that that, I think that scared the crap out of him. And they finally figured it out that, yeah, this is not the guy for pressure like situations and that kind of stuff. His brain's going to go scatterbrain, you know? That's kind of the way it is with him. I mean, some of those interceptions, I'm not defending Tannehill. Some of those interceptions were like tips and shit, stuff like that. So it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't. Two of those three were absolutely brutal interceptions on his part. If you go back and look at it, go look at it. Those two of the three were just atrocious, bro. Uh, uh, yeah. Just really, really bad decisions, you know, overall. But what did you, just out of curiosity, did you, were you laughing or were you understanding or you don't think it's anything, the judo stuff? No, I, like, I know who, Tan, I know who Tua is. He's a quarterback who's going to do, if there's a, any chance that this is going to help me improve my game, I'm going to do it. Right, yeah, it. it's true. It's true. I, and, and I love it. If 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 somebody said came to him and said, "Hey, bro, judo could help you learn how to fall," he's probably like, "All right, cool, show me." And you know, and, and I believe in the, the team around him. I believe in I believe in in Nick. Um, I believe in in I believe in his father Galu. I, I you know, they this is this is a two hundred million dollar franchise. They're gonna do everything that they possibly can to get you that extension. And right, like if learning how to do judo, like to me, I want to hear about the changing of the helmet because he has to change his helmet. And well, supposedly that, one of his helmet is one of the most safest helmets out there. Supposedly, okay. You know, well, I, I, maybe that I, I, ain't I, working for you. No, nah, I think I think what ain't working for him was that those were brutal hits, and he didn't have control of his body, and that head gets slammed. He might have to wear that 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 neck thing also yeah, around yeah. his I mean let me uh, around let me, his helmet between the pads and his helmet so it moves less too and, and it gives him some shock you know just in case uh Steve Grogan for the New England Patriots played with it for for several years on the back end of his career so it's been done before by by quarterbacks I don't know recently if we've had a quarterback that has worn it but I do remember Steve Grogan uh wore it for a while 
I'm I'm curious to see what what his approach will be. Um, I'm dying to see this 2023 season just because it's it's the year of Tua, and it's it's going to be his coming out party, in, in my opinion. Now, if he can't stay healthy, then it's going to be his goodbye party. But you know, it's right. it's it's truly going to be something that that I think South Florida will really enjoy. If he can, for me, as long as he can make quick decisions. And keep keep himself clean. One of the things he did this year was he stayed away from regular injuries, which has really been his bugaboo his entire life. Yeah, and, you want him. You want to play hot potato. It hasn't, been, well. about, it hasn't it. been about concussions. So if you can stay away from the head trauma, and then you stay away. If he stays away from head trauma this year and injuries, he'll go for two years without busting something up, ribs, finger, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So that will be a, a step in the right direction for him, actually. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know? So it's it, – I know people are saying, well, it's injuries. Injuries are injuries. Oh, it doesn't matter if it's his body or his head. I, I got you. I get it. But it was a different issue this year, and maybe it was also a lot of bad luck, too, because – his entire other the rest of his career wasn't filled with a whole bunch of concussions. I mean, we, we can call it bad luck, but some people just don't have a a, a, a durable body. And yeah. I, I could tell you Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Okay, that's fair. Um, oh yeah, Jimmy G's available too. I'm curious to see Jimmy G hmm, where he's gonna end up. Um I I am... I, I, I when um, we had just had Matt Verderam earlier, and I agree with him. It's Aaron Rodgers, Jets or Raiders, and then Garoppolo is the fallback for each of them. Because it looks like... Where's Derek Carr going? And and Derek Carr looks like, you know, first New Orleans, but now Carolina's really interested. So he has to decide between Carolina and New Orleans. If I'm Derek Carr, I'm going going to Carolina. I'm going to wherever the money is. No, but, but, well, well, New Orleans has money issues, too. Because they still have a dead cap issue with yeah, uh, New Orleans the always got money year. issues. Though. Yeah, yeah, they, they, no, they but they have they have to get through the breeze. Like remember when yeah, yeah, when I don't, left, I don't want when I, I don't left, they had thirteen and nineteen million of dead cap money that they had to go through. They're doing the same thing with breeze now, and I think they have another bad year of that. But Carolina's got money. They've got a top ten pick. They've got they've got a, a nice they've got a, a nice receiver. Actually, they got two decent receivers. They got a really yeah. nice receiver, and then they've got a defense, bro. Yeah, they've got some players on that D. It's an easy division. Um, yeah. I, I like. I, I if I'm him, I'm taking Carolina over New Orleans. Plus, I'm playing on grass instead of inside the dome. All these things, I, I kind of like the the. And then the media also is not going to. I don't think either one is really. I mean, brutal. he wasn't in a hostile media in New Orleans environment. I mean, in Vegas, but yeah, yeah Vegas, Vegas, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but but South but but Carolina's definitely not a you know, it's not going to be Cupcake a, Cupcake City to you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you're not dealing with, you know, like if you had to go to New York. If I'm him, I'm picking if if you give me Carolina and the Saints, I'm taking Carolina, bro. I, I agree with you. I think Carolina's a good job. Um good 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 position, good spot. Frank Wright, good good quarterback coach. Frank Wright. Yeah, that's a good yeah, that's another good reason. Mm-hmm. You know, so I because uh, I think you got I, I a like bad it. rap in Indy, to be quite honest. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. You got a bad rap in Indy. 
Yeah, uh, we, we're we're aligned there T today. Yeah. We we're the the listeners are going to be upset because we're not arguing about something. What we no, have to no. find something to argue. We agreed on Rihanna. Um, yeah, we 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 agreed on Court Tannehill. We, we did not agree on. Uh, well, no, we did not agree on Tannehill. We agreed on Tua. We need we need something to disagree on because the people who come and listen to this podcast are going to be very disappointed. We're and we agreed that it was a penalty at the end. Uh, damn, we agreed on that too. We, yeah, like, damn, we agreed. Kansas City, better team. Like, yeah, this is going to be a very disappointing. Uh, What's your number one need for the Miami Dolphins in free agency? <laughs> now, now you're going. Now you're going to do it. Um, if there's a position, I, I would I would killed. love to say offensive line, but I'm going to resist because they've shown that they can go find filler shit. I'd yeah. go I'd go with Snell. Well, have, well think <laughs> about it, doggy. You now have a unicorn because if Armstead's healthy, Connor and Hunt, you kind of have your unicorn. So you're really only trying to figure out the right tackle spot. And by the way, if you bring back Brandon Shell. The dude yeah. did a serviceable job I'm, at right. I'm tackle. going with Shell over Austin Jackson. No, no, if you I, no, if you I'm, go with Austin Jackson, no, I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm going with Brandon Shell with you. I'm I'm a thousand percent. But you know they're going to give Austin Jackson a chance. Don't so want really, to. Not interested. I, I get. I get. I get. I'm, I'm good. I've seen totally, enough. Totally understand. But my point is to follow up on what you're about to say is you're really not filling a lot of needs on offensive I, line. I, you're I you're kind you. of figuring out you. left guard. Yeah. So I say, dude. Stop the effing around already. Find me a middle linebacker. No, no, that's what I was going to say. Not, my number one need is, yeah, middle linebacker, and that's not going to be a very popular opinion with the guy who actually holds the position because um, he's always had very productive seasons and statistically great years um, in this scheme, in this defense. But, but honestly, he doesn't fit the guy's scheme that's coming in now. Yeah, he, he didn't fit the last one either, but he managed right. to make it work. But right. yes, I, I need a, I mean, I need a, I need a good middle linebacker. I need a, yeah, I, I'm tough. not asking, I'm not asking for Zach Thomas. Damn, give me a Channing Crowder. Like that, that, that. You, you need, you need a badass linebacker in the middle of that defense for once and for all already. <sighs> Where and how you get it, I have no idea. No. Well, I because we see that that's my problem. You know, when people, oh well, let's talk about free agents. Well, no, let's not talk about free agents no, because not. I don't know who the hell's available yet. I don't know who's getting tagged. I don't know who's getting traded. I don't know yeah, who's getting cut. Be, yeah, there are going to be tons of people cut. Yeah, uh, and, and and there'll be people signed that you will be surprised, like oh shit, they re-signed them, and you don't know. So I hate yeah. talking about people until I know who the hell is available. Yeah. Right now. And I don't know who's available right now, but there's going to be a middle linebacker somewhere. You better find them in that second, third round, or you better find them in free agency, preferably free agency for for this guy, because I don't think you want a young middle linebacker at this point that has to then learn everything. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering what's salvageable, what this de what this defensive coordinator will will bring and find salvageable on this team. And Maybe, maybe he looks at the Jerome Baker and says, "Hey, I could work with that." And 
I like Jerome <laughs> Baker, but, but I like Jerome Baker, but he doesn't fill his need. His need for the middle linebacker is a guy that can sift through the trash. Yeah, bounce can can shit can shed uh, tackle, yeah, blocks and instincts and, and penetrate and yeah. That's not who Jerome Baker has ever been. That's You're not correct. his game. Correct. So he doesn't fill his need. Right, he's going to cut him. Is what I think is going to happen. I think Jerome Baker gets cut. I really do. I think he's part of the casualties uh, this year at linebacker um, because I think you're going to be using a lot more of Phillips and Chubb as your outside guys, and I think you're going to try to find more of a traditional middle linebacker that can truly run and sh- and and has size and can you know shed some tackles and things like that. I think he's going to try to find that. And Ooh, uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know about that, bro. I'm uh... well, Chubb's going to be a backer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and Phillips, too. In this, uh... in this, scheme, in this scheme, he's going to be that. They Boy, have, to. They have yeah. no choice. I don't Plus, know. I, I don't think in a 3 4. You want to you want to put Phillips on the line. Jerome is uh you know what I'm saying? Because Sealer and Wilkins definitely will be on the line for you. Sealer, right? Wilkins, and, and Agba. Yeah. And, and and Agba, and then you've also got Raekwon. Hold on, yeah. And, no, and so yeah. I, I think that's kind of what you're gonna have there in that rotation, that whole thing. And then you gotta have the other two guys play back. And I'm expecting Chubb to have a really good season because now his coach is here. So he should know how to use him and and but Phillips, you can't put him on the line because that athleticism, you have to let it grow. And I think he's gonna become I think he has a lot of the JT elements to him. So I think you're gonna want to free him up a little bit because I think he's gonna be a terror. I really yeah. do. I think I think Jalen Phillips. No, is I, I think Jalen Phillips is a star too. I think he's gonna be uh, oh, one of those players that blossoms in a in a year or two. Um, I was, in fact, a little disappointed at what his level of production. I, I, in fact, told him this. I was like, bro, you you missed a good half dozen sacks quarterbacks in your arms. Yeah, but he was right. He was man. He was right there. But he, his effort. God, yeah, so bro. But you so impressed, that, so impressed with him. That, I think he's really going to blow. I think he he's, is. He is. He, he it's, is. It's only two years, bro, and I think he's just building up the. He's he's got a body. He's got. Mind. He's got to learn to finish, bro. He's yeah. got to learn to finish. That's and the difference did, between you being and and a, a good, promising player and an elite defensive lineman, elite yeah. defensive player, a guy that's household name. He he has the talent to be a household name. He does. Oh, yeah. Yes. With, with, without yes. without a doubt, and that's why I was a little I, I was I was just a tad disappointed last year in in what what we saw from him. And no complaints because I'm not saying it's a bad season, but I know what kind of talent I'm looking at. I know what kind of yeah. talent I'm. No, looking but at. I have no problem with his second year and what he's done. I have more of a problem with Raquan Davis, who does not live up to his draft status, and and flashes. No, he li- no he lives up to his draft reputation. Yeah, that's true, but not his status. Okay, he lives up to his no, he lives up to his draft reputation. I I can't argue with that. I can't argue he's a two down player. He's a two down player. And 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 the and the motor was always a question mark for him, and that's what it's been because he he will flash, but there is no consistency in his game. You know, you know he has it in him to become dominant, but I don't even I don't even see Daryl Gardner 
like impact. Like Daryl also had problem with his motor. He, he, but, he, but, the funny thing his, is, he's not even Jordan Phillips good yet. Which yeah, is, no. Which is no. crazy. No. Which is crazy. Right. Right. Yeah. Like to even say that is crazy because Jordan he's not Phillips. Not even Godchow. Two guys that you you know you pick later nah, on. No, 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 no. We're not going there. Godchow. I, I got more consistency out of Godchow than I've seen out of Raekwon Davis every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Godchow never sorry, played I disagree with defense. you, bro. Godchow never played on a good defense. And yeah, he, but he played well for for what he was and where he was picked. He Clean played up, well for the Dolphins, and he's done a nice job for the uh, Patriots overall. Godchow has made way made way more progress than Raekwon Davis. Raekwon Davis is is one of the most inconsistent players that the Miami Dolphins have. He is might be one of the more talented players, but he he has lived up to his draft reputation. You are correct. Because he came in with the same kind of reputation of Daryl Gardner. But at least Daryl Gardner in those first couple of years, the motor was on more than Raekwon's has been on. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. We're, we're, this is a contract year, so you know what happens. Um, pay for play. So right. uh, pay, play for pay. So I'm, I'm curious to see what happens this year, especially it's going to be under new coaching. Well, I'm curious what what other changes they've made to their staff that, you know, because I didn't think their defensive staff was that good last year. So I'm curious. Levant, Levante David, by the way, somebody's throwing out there. It could be a free agent. If he is, that might be. Levante's something. tried to come here a couple of times. I know his agent really well. Um, and, Who's his agent? Uh, name escapes me at the present moment. Um, damn. Ron. Ron Butler. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Levante's tried to come here a couple of times. In fact, when he just signed his deal, the Dolphins made him an offer. I, I just don't think at this age that's nah, I'd do it. No, I'd do it. I'd bring him. I still think he has a, a couple of years left. For this defense, they need something. They need a, a badass. Yeah. So Let me see if how there's, old he's. If there's a couple of guys out there, I don't think he's more than 29 or 30. No, he's probably 30. It's probably what it is. I'm looking at his age right now. He is 33. Oh, he's 33. Levante's been in the league for a while. Yeah, bro. he's been in the league. Yeah, the, the other kid is younger. And he yeah. might also be let go, too. Uh, White. Devin White might be also. No effing way. Oh, they, have, no. They, they have all kinds of cap issues. So they could be releasing all kinds of guys. Maybe even White. Uh, I believe. Let me look at what his contract is. Levante. What is White's be... contract? I think it's either he's got Ooh, either. You're right. Big... He, he is a free agent. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Levante. I thought he either. I thought he either had a big cap hit left for this year, one year left, or he's a free agent. One of the two. Yeah, I think they restructured his contract in the roster for fifth Because there's word that they may part ways with both guys. Yeah, the contract voids the day before free agency and begins. He's still in his late twenties, right? He's still in his late twenties. Who? Who? You talking about? Oh, White. you talking about White? Okay, no. Um, let me look up White. White, because I was looking up Levante's contract situation because you you mentioned him. Let me let me look up. I um, think White has got either one year left or he's a free agent or something like that. But, uh, I'm about to tell you. They in a owe him some some big ass money. Uh, he should have, uh, oh, 11 million. I think this is his fifth year option. Let me look. Let me go 25. Yeah, this is his fifth year option, $11.7 million. He ain't going nowhere, bro. He probably 
will force so, a trade, try to get a, a restructured contract. This is the first year he's going to make real money. Um, this is his fifth year option, $11.7 million. Um, but he, he's not going to want to play, play on that. But if they're getting rid of Devante, Levante David, then yeah, they're definitely going to keep him. Um, what's their cap situation like? Alf, by the way, is there. He says, Raekwon Davis since day Ooh. one has been asked to play zero technique and 1A and 1B. Those guys take uh, beatings to make everybody else look good. Yeah, but he, I'm still aware. he, I'm Alf, aware. he still doesn't make enough plays. He doesn't he, he doesn't disrupt enough. He certainly does and, not. And that's if, my if problem. He's, with it. If he he's had, single block he by has, center, he's losing. No, and, no, and listen, if he was the kind of guy that I looked at and said, well, he's only good at holding up a couple guys. Yes, no. That's his thing. Then, okay, that's fine. But that's not – Raekwon has the ability yes. to shed things and let, penetrate and create some stuff, and he just doesn't do enough. He doesn't let me, make let me clarify something I just said here. In the middle because, of the line. Let me yeah. clarify something I just said here because it will be taken out of context where I said okay. he is – because everything's taken out of context – if he's blocked one-on-one on the center, he's losing. And the reason I say he's losing is because he should be dominating a one-on-one block by center yep. and, and in the backfield, every play. And he has that type of ability. Why we don't see it when he does get solo blocked, I don't know. And Like I I'm, said, he has Daryl Gardner-like, and yet I saw more of Daryl Gardner blowing shit up than I've seen from Ra- Raekwon. And that's my problem with Raekwon. Raekwon for me has not lived up to the draft status. It's been a mediocre pick. It's the second round. It's the second round pick. It's you know you knew that's a high knew. pick. That's a high pick for a yes, player it like. Was, that. But for a player who was billed as a first round talent, but had some luggage with him, and right, right. the luggage is clearly what's holding him up. And because at that spot, a ton of teams find guys in the fourth and fifth and sixth rounds. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of big fat guys that were yeah, drafted later none, on in the none with none with that ability. Like Paul none. Solii was like a fifth round, fourth round, fourth round, fourth, yeah. round, fourth rounder, and he developed. Yeah. You know, it's like that. Uh, it, it's certain guys, you know, you can find. Took the, him three the, years. The, the aforementioned Davin Godchow was a fifth rounder and has become a really good player overall. Not a great player or anything, but for Dang. his draft status, he has overplayed his draft status he has become okay he was another guy who got knocked for having some suitcases and of of baggage and you know i and i like gotcha i think he's he's a nice solid for a fifth round yeah no yeah but yeah okay yeah you can find you can find the big fat guys you can find them later on in the draft and develop them into but if you take them early when you gotcha, take him early, six, like, 62 tackles and one and a half sack last year, last season, yeah. three tackles for loss. Let me, let me look at. Uh, um, so break. when you, when you, but when you take a Raekwon Davis or anybody in the second round, you have a really high opinion of that defensive line. Oh, wow. Right? Raekwon had 33 tackles, one sack. Yeah. No, no, no. Raekwon doesn't, Raekwon doesn't get it done, bro. He just doesn't get it done. It's it's the eyes see it. I don't I don't even need to see the stats. I I just watch the kid all the time, and and it's a shame because the the there's the God given ability is there. All right, tell them about I am athlete, my brother. What do they do to uh, latch on and watch and support? Uh this is this week we have um, Jermaine Dupree. Um, great episode. Um, he's talking about uh, his career. 
legacy. It's 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 a conversation uh, about with legends. Um, talks about wanting to do a, a versus battle if we're still doing those things with um, with Diddy in Atlanta in the Superdome. Um, so it'll be it'll be it'll it's a good ep- it's a good episode, good conversation, um, legend talk. So and next week is uh, a pretty good one with um, Jadakiss. So oh wow okay there you go all right good stuff I am athlete. Check it out at all, all platforms and subscribe. Follow my man Omar Kelly on Twitter at Omar Kelly. Oh, as always, thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. All right. There you go. The Essential Moving Experts.com, Miami Dolphins Exchange. You've been listening to the Essential Moving Experts, Miami Dolphins Exchange with Omar Kelly. When you're looking for local, home, long-moving services, or office relocation, call Essential Moving Experts at 305-602-8369. Flat rates and no surprise charges. EssentialMovingExperts.com. 305-602-8369. Miami Dolphins fans, follow Big O Radio Show on all platforms and keep up with your favorite NFL team. Dolphins 13 says Raquan Davis, when they drafted him, was supposed to be Christian Wilkins' duo in the middle of that defense, but he's not consistent, just doesn't have it. You know, he has it. He has it in him. There's no doubt. Now, he can't find it. He can't. It's not. It's he has the ability. The, the Lord blessed him with the ability. You can see it. But it's up to him to have the determination to bring it out every single damn day. And you do that in your jobs. You do that in your careers. You do that in life. You know, you got to bring it every single day, no matter what's going on. And and he just now this is a contract year. (laughs) Now, do we get fooled? Does he have a great year because it's a contract year? And he's only motivated to get that contract or is he, does he have a great year because he finally turned the corner and figured it out? I hate that. I hate when we get to the contract year, which is what he's in. And then he's going to kick ass and then you don't know what the hell you're getting. It's, it's really hard to trust. Uh, Jimmy says Raekwon has always been an underachiever. Saban also had the same complaint in Alabama. He did. He did. And that was Daryl Gardner's thing. He you knew when Daryl Gardner brought it, brother, he he crushed the crap out of whatever offensive line he played. I don't give a shit who was blocking. I don't care what all pro guard center you had there. When Daryl Gardner said today, I'm a mother effer, you weren't going to block him. You weren't. And those were moments like if you're a Dolphins fan and you live that era, you know what I'm talking about. The the the, the stuff that I, I I've seen Daryl Gardner do, very few people. But the problem was that he could not maintain it, and then that's why they had to get rid of him because just the motor was not there to do it. And yet he has done way more than Raekwon did, and he didn't do enough to live up to his first round status. That's why I didn't keep him around. He developed a back problem from all the weight training and all that because he was, you know, Mr. Bodybuilder and all that. But you can see that that Daryl Gardner had it, bro. It. 
And to me, Raekwon has it. It's just, where's your heart? Where's your determination to say, I'm going to be the best on this play in practice, on this play in the game, on whatever I'm doing, I'm going to be the best. And that's what Aaron Donald does. That's what Jason Taylor does. You know, that that's how, that's how all these guys that you see that have success, okay? You know, that safety that the Miami Dolphins have, that's what that mofo does on every single down, okay? And if you want to know why he's a, a great young safety, it's because he plays that way. Cater Kohu, he might hold and he might get caught with a hold here or there or whatever, but it ain't going to be from a lack of trying. He's going to get in that receiver's face. If he gets beat, he gets beat. Whatever, it happens to all corners. But it ain't going to be because, oh, dude, Cater Kohu doesn't look like he's not focused. Hell no, dude. He's always focused. Always focused. And that's the problem with Raekwon Davis. He's just not focused. He doesn't know how to bring it on every down. It's a shame. Because the ability is all there. You see it. It's obvious. Ah, yes. What else do we have going on in the world of sports? Uh, Oh, by the way, Jim Caldwell, 68-year-old, has been hired by the Panthers as a senior assistant so he will assist frank reich he will answer to frank reich that's a nice move by them i know we had caldwell here for a a short uh cup of tea and uh, brian flores scared the crap out of him and he said i'm out of here by the way in another you know brutal move in our business mbc6 does not have a sports anchor anymore Ruthie Polinski is not re-signing. She's leaving. Uh, and Giselle Espinales also gone. I saw that in Barry Jackson's notes. This is a terrible business, dude. Whatever you do, don't let your kids get into broadcasting. It's just a terrible, terrible business. You know? And what are they going to do? They're going to go hire um, some kid somewhere, really green behind the ears, you know, whatever happened to like hiring people that have experience, that have insight, that can bring something to the table, you know, that kind of stuff, whatever happened to actually competing to wanting to, you know, do things the right way and not the cheap way. I mean, they've got their anchors walking around carrying their own cameras to do their own standups. They, they can't even pay for producers to go out and, you know, do the stuff that their, you know, cameramen and producers are supposed to do and let the anchor do their thing. And I saw I saw in uh, Barry's notes that 940 tried to hire Joe Rose. <laughs> Joe turned them down and he's staying at QM. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised Joe's still staying there. But hey. I guess, you know, it's better than retiring. That's for sure. I'd rather do radio than retire if I'm him. But smart move. And again, they're going to go the cheap route. They're not going to want people that actually bring insight and break stories. And 
They're not going to do anything that, you know, requires actual sales and money. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, it's the seventh station in their cluster, and they're going to treat 940 wins like the seventh station in the cluster. Okay? All right? That's a, that's a quote from inside that building. What a shame. It's uh, Our business is dog crap. Dog crap. And I saw it coming a couple of years ago, and... You know, we're we're lucky, Sean and I, we get to kind of control our destiny, but most people don't have that the the good fortunes. But it it's just they don't care about sports, dude. They just don't. They don't care about actually, you know, trying to do a good job at all and provide like real insight and things like that and you know, get people that are connected in the business and all that. Let's just go get somebody that's green behind the ears. We'll repeat what we need them to repeat, and we'll be our, our little puppets because they're so dependent on what we tell them to do. And that's basically what happens in our business. So if you can actually escape and be on your own like what we do, that's the real blessing, not having to work for these kind of companies. Uh, let's see. Jim Caldwell lasted two days here, developed health problems when he met Flo. Yep. I would too. If I had to work with Flo, I'd probably be dead already at this point. Um, what else do we have? Did anyone see the perfect machine? Uh, TV is, yeah, TV, TV and radio are pretty much dead already as it is uh can't wait to see wilkins and holland improve under fangs yeah those guys they're just headed for for greatness man wilkins has grown into one hell of a player you know obviously holland has proven that he was going to be a hell of a player right from the get-go isn't it nice by the way isn't it a really cool thing when you're a sports fan and they they sign a guy or they draft a guy and from the second they sign him or they draft him you're like hey man wow yeah you know i, I remember when they signed zach and it was you know drafted zach and right from the get-go just making plays i remember when they signed uh orande gadston from the arena league and the first catch in practice, he catches a, a ball high up in the end zone, the back corner of the end zone, and lands both feet right inside the corner of the end zone. And we're like, did you see a catch? And that, Who the hell is that? And you start writing it down. And then every day in camp, there's a Rondé Gadsden, there's a Rondé Gadsden, there's a Rondé Gadsden. You know what I mean? And there's Javon Holland, there's Javon Holland, there's Javon Holland. And it's just, it, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, the Wilkins thing did not start off that way. We had a lot of, oh, he's a bust. Oh, he's nothing. You know, the first couple of years because he was kind of growing in that. And that happens at defensive, that defensive line position. There are certain, you know, certain guys don't necessarily become like Paul Soliai. Took him a few years too. Some guys, it takes them a couple of years for the light to go on. And then boom, when it goes on, you know what I mean? But the, there are those guys right D Wade gets drafted 
And it's like, yo, who's this young kid? The, the Hornets game, right? Right from the get-go. He hits the three, and you're like, who the hell is this kid? You know, like, this kid's got some moxie on him. You know, that kind of stuff. It's fun. It's fun, man, when, when, when teams immediately hit on somebody. That right from the get-go, the person just separates himself. Right? That's that's always a fun thing as a fan to be able to to be able to experience that. Uh let's see what else. This is exactly what I meant. It, it's just doesn't dig deep down. So Dolphin 13 is saying the smoke show, Megan Fox split. Yeah, apparently Machine Gun Kelly was cheating on her. You know the saying, right? Show me a fine woman, and I'll show you. Okay. Uh, same with Marino. Yep, exactly. Well, it was the Raiders game. He came off the bench against the Raiders. And the rest was history. Uh, what I like about the show is Big O talks about sports, money, world, events, music, etc., one-stop shopping. Big O is the future. I don't know about the future because my ass is 56 years old. So I don't know about future. I'm in the now. <laughs> okay. Some youngin that uh, might be 25, 35. They might be the future. I am just about the present is what it is. Uh, Big O, do you remember Louis Oliver? I'll never forget the 95-yard pick against the Bills. Yes, I do. I do remember Louis Oliver. Solid player, not a great player, was never a great player, was never a great cover safety. He was a hitter, and uh, when he missed on the hit and he missed on it and it was a whiff, it was going to be a big play after that for the other team, okay? Louis was a nice player. He's no Javon Holland. You know, it's kind of one of those things that we – you know, the interception was beautiful and all of that. But sometimes the reputation grows a little bit past the player's true ability at times. And I think Louis Oliver is one of those guys that's, you know, re is received well by Dolphin fans. And in general, I think fans like him. But I also have to say that in general, I think fans overhype Louis Oliver the player like he was a decent player but he was nothing special at safety okay nothing we've seen special and Holland looks special you know some guy named Jake Scott you know, you know we, we've had special guys play the safety position he's not one of them I just want to say that okay because I, I just kind of feel that as time goes on, it's almost like the memory of it gets bigger. And it's almost like they talk about him in the light of, you know, any kind of great Dolphin player, which he was far from that. You know, he was a decent player, but nothing really, you know, I can't necessarily ever, you know, say. But he has that 95-yard touchdown from the end zone that he got it and ran it. And, you know, that's a moment in time that nobody can ever take away from him. 
you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah. But yeah. Uh, Rhino says, yeah, Oliver had one mode. He was a headhunter. That's it. That's it. Louis was, you know, Louis was a a very poor man's Steve Atwater. Okay. Like Steve Atwater was going to knock your ass out, but he was also a great safety. Okay. He could actually play the position and cover and do those things. Louis wasn't necessarily a great cover guy. That's all. Let's just, let's just call it like we see it, you know? Uh, nobody made more big plays for the Dolphins and their opponents than Louis Oliver. His three interception game versus Buffalo will live forever. Yes. But his career was, eh, all right. Eh, you know, like I said, he might've wanted to be Steve Atwater, but he was never going to be any kind of Steve Atwater. Uh, Karen, you like my hats, huh? There we go. We try. And we thank Doug and Victoria for this hat, of course. All I got to say, Doug and Victoria, we got to get like a, a different, like off camera, we got to get something where this logo bounces more and it's red better. You know what I'm saying? That's the one thing that I would say I would add because it's a cool hat. Fits great, by the way. Fits great. Looks great. Love this shade. And I like the logo. I would just have something for it to bounce off a little bit more so it explodes in the camera and people can can read it because they kind of struggle to read it. You know what I'm saying? So because it all kind of blends in and gets lost inside the uh the hat so i would i would tweak the logo a little bit i would tell them on their next round of hats jeremiah bell was my favorite uh jeremiah was a bullfrog there you go uh jeremiah was uh, was solid he was a good player man better than louis oliver oh going on a darkness retreat now with my designer to fix the hat be back in four days but you agree, right? It's like we need we needed to pop a little bit more because it's a really good looking hat, super comfortable. So all that other stuff, you guys knocked it out with that. The logo looks good. Just we got to make it pop a little bit more. That's all. That's what I that's what I, I think we got to do. Where are we at here with the markets? What, what's going on? Bitcoin at twenty two eight. So it's gone up uh, over three, almost three and a half percent. I like that. What's going on in the markets right now? Dow down half a point. Let me see. Okay, what else do we have going on? Any any major stories? I don't see any any major stories out there, man. Anything that I'm missing, uh, Sean? Because I don't I don't think I see anything crazy going on. I don't see anything. You see anything out there? Uh by the way, AJ Brown. I don't know if you guys saw this. 
Juju Smith-Schuster, he um, went after uh, James Bradbury and put out a tweet. And he put there, uh, happy Valentine's Day, everybody, and put James Bradbury. He says, I'll hold you when it matters most. So Smith-Schuster, obviously, you know, celebrating with the uh, Chiefs and the championship. So A.J. Brown comes back at him and says, first off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. You were on your way out of the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year deal, TikTok boy. He admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're like that or even was. But congratulations again. So A.J. Brown, you know, put uh, Juju Smith-Schuster in his place uh, with the um, with the retweet of that. And by the way, all power to, to A.J. on that one. I agree with him. I think that was uh, classless on his part. In fact, James Bradbury is a guy that uh, I was a fan of his, by the way. I, I want to say, I want to admit, in the Senior Bowl. Was one of those guys that stood out to me uh, as a player, and he's had a pretty good career overall. Um, but I admire him more than ever, actually, as a player. Um, Bradbury took all responsibility for it. In fact, let me read a quote that he uh, that he put out when he was asked about it, and I, I thought, you know, the quote also. <laughs> This quote is so good because it shows what a lot of people should be feeling right now and when it comes to responsibility, when it comes to accountability, these kind of things, something that we lack in this world that we're all going to make mistakes. I'm going to make a crap ton of mistakes every day and so are you. And but we got to admit when we make mistakes, right? So he says, I feel like I only had two options, really. I could take responsibility for it or I could blame it on someone else. I try not to live that way. It comes from my mom and coaches in the past. I've had taking accountability. I have I respect the hell out of that. Okay, he committed two penalties on that play. He held twice. And I'm sick and tired of watching the guy that constantly complains when he clearly committed the penalty. And then he's disgusted that the call was made, even though it's clear he committed the penalty. And then you want to blame the referee when you committed the penalty. Instead, there's no blame here. He's taken accountability. That is something that's absolutely lost in this world. Accountability. Bradbury's got plenty of it, okay? I have no issues with it. I got nothing but uh, but love for uh, James Bradbury. And I thought Juju Smith-Schuster, um, who's been kind of a kind of a schmuck, you know, throughout his career with all his little social media stuff. And he's a guy that's a, a middling receiver, although some of you wanted him badly over here. You wanted to give him some money. You, you, you guys aren't going to admit that, right? 
all those people out there that wanted Juju Smith-Schuster and wanted to give him a bunch of money in years past. Oh, why don't we get Juju Smith-Schuster? I remember those. I don't remember your names because we're not tracking what you say. But some of you out there would probably, you're guilty of it right now that you're watching or downloading the show somewhere. Brock Marion. He was all right. All right. Not a not a good dude, but he was all right. George Albany says, congrats. Was listening yesterday on, our, on the other show when you got your promotion well-deserved, bud. Uh, who, who, who got the promotion yesterday? I forgot. Who was it? Congratulations, whoever got a promotion. Oh, Rhino. There we go. He's got a picture of a Rhino. Well, congratulations, Rhino. Uh, let's see. Jonathan Dill. What's up, Big O? Bell was okay safety, but Brock Marion, Jake Scott, Javon Holland can potentially be the greatest safeties in Dolphin history. Uh, I would uh, I would loosen up a little bit on that with Brock Marion. He had his uh, he had his holes in his game. He was all right. If he didn't hold him twice on the play, I could understand people defending the hold. I mean, even the Super Bowl, two holds in one second, you got to call it. You got to call it by the ref. Yeah, of course. Frankie says a TV sports anchor I really like was a WSVN seven. Deuces Rogers. Deuces has been in New York for a while. I think he was in L.A. and then New York. Now I think he's, I I think he's still in New York. I felt bad for Deuces Rogers once. And do I still have it? I wonder if I still have Marino answering Deuces Rogers. And poor Deuces Rogers, he was um, asking Marino a question, and and it was it was in, in the sixty-two-seven uh, post-game show, and when they lost to the Jags, sixty-two-seven Marino's last game. And he was asking him, I forgot what it was or something like, you saw the game, didn't you? Or some crap. Marino was pissed. I mean, like you should be. He was pissed. It was a, it was a horrible game and not the way that he deserves to, to end his career. But I remember, and Marino was pissed, dude. Was big time pissed. Oh man. I'm, Seeing if I, I'm trying to see if I have the Marino sound bites, but I don't think I have that sound bite here, or maybe not in this one. I might have it in a in a in another folder somewhere. Well, I'm sure I have it somewhere. There's no doubt I have it somewhere. Where exactly? Well, that's that's a whole different ball game. Let me see, man. If I have it, it it's a great soundbite, by the way. It is an absolutely sa- badass soundbite. I felt bad for, for Deuces because he got absolutely killed uh, by Marino. I'm trying to remember exactly what happened, but I'm I'm having a hard time remembering exactly the whole thing like you were there didn't you see it or something marino was like he was livid dude 
very, very pissed. Very, very pissed, okay? Miami Dolphins, first round selection. The Dolphins select quarterback Dan Marino of Pittsburgh. I don't see where he's going to get this great coaching that's going to overcome the problems he's had. I mean, strictly that long-range projection down the line, and I think they need help in other directions. They must figure that they can certainly, if they can get it out of David Woodley, you got to figure they think they can get it out of uh, out of Dan Marino. Well, I don't know what is a classic Shula quarterback. He's only been he's only had one really great quarterback, and that's Greasy. <laughs> that's when they picked Marino. That was um, God. What's his name now? I'm trying to remember his name. He's been in the business forever. Dan, as a player, how tough is it to watch another team pick up playing field goal like that? Um, these questions are ridiculous. I'll tell you how tough it is, is you work your butt off all week and then you lose a game like that and three points with two seconds left. That's how tough it is. You wouldn't know, would you? That's why I asked. Yeah. <sighs> The stuff I have in in the uh, in the vault, okay, is uh, you know, is priceless at times. That's all I can tell you. That was a, that was a tough one, right? Dan, as a player, how tough is it to watch another team pick up a field goal like that? Um, these questions are ridiculous. I'll tell you how tough it is, is you work your butt off all week and then you lose a game like that and three points with two seconds left. That's how tough it is. You wouldn't know, would you? That's why I asked. Yeah. That's why I asked. <laughs> that wasn't the one after 62-7, by the way. That's another one. I know I have the one with, with Deuces and, uh, and, and Marino. I know I have it somewhere. I just... I have to find it. It's just one of those deals where, you know, you gotta you gotta go digging deep into the archives to try to find all this kind of stuff. You know, but yes, we have we have a, we have a, lots and lots of uh, lots and lots of stuff. Oh, and he took a hit to the head on the slide. Oh. Where's the flag? Where's the flag? A hit to the head on the slide is a flag. To the 27-yard line, Van Camp slow to get up. He does get up. His helmet came off. There's not a flag. You cannot tell me that's a flag. That's not possible. Where's the commissioner? Where's right? Where's right waters? Where's right waters? I mean, it, he was still up. He had not gone into his slide yet, but it was a helmet-to-helmet -helmet shot where the helmet flew off, and there is absolutely no reason why a flag shouldn't have been thrown there. That's ridiculous. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. That is absolutely embarrassing. That has to be a flag. And that still, we'll see. He's if sliding. Send Van Camp to the sideline. No, nope, there's Cooey. Yeah. He's got to get him He's out of He's got to come out of the game now. It's ridiculous. That is, I can't believe that. I cannot believe that. You can't. I mean, oh. it took him a while to get into the wow, slide. he is defenseless. He's not the best guy. Don't do anything. Do a flag. Third down. Ugh. Oh. Cooey throws over the middle behind the receiver incomplete. It'll be fourth down and three. Van Camp took a helmet down with shot regardless, even if he wasn't in the slot. You know, I don't really care if you people look at me in the press box. You know what? I don't care. That's 
That's Dave Lamont losing it in a game. Oh, Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. We got all kinds of stuff for you. I just got to find it. If I find that stuff, yeah, I can find some classic stuff that would uh, that would shock a lot of you out there. Oh, well. Anyway, I don't even know. You guys actually enjoy that stuff? Huh? You enjoy it? What, what do we got on the on the chat board there? What do we got? Eddie Lepp is LOLing. Uh, it's so hard to listen to AM radio now. The only ones I listen to briefly is Crowder and Hawk. They do a good job. Hawk and Crowder do a, they, they do a fun job every day, screwing around and all that. It's not a sports show, but it's but they do a good job. Big O, who who is Big O Mel Kuyper? I don't know what that means. Are you calling me Mel Kuyper? The ticket is a Spanish channel now. No more sports radio. Yeah. Yeah, they got some wacky-ass Spanish crap on there. Yep. Yeah. Justin Floyd says, hell yeah, man, that was great. Do a show on it. But I'm sure if you aren't a certain age, you may not find it so funny. That's true. That is true. Although I, I think all of you find train wrecks funny. Like if somebody loses it and they're pissed off, I think you guys are going to find it funny, right? That's kind of the way it is. I'm trying to I'm trying to see if I can I can uh find something else that's I'm trying to remember some stuff that that comes with this territory that like you guys would actually laugh at and enjoy. But I you know what I could do a show on South Florida things that have happened over the years. And I have a lot of that sound. You know what I need to find? And I know I have it somewhere in an old cassette somewhere. I got to find the Jimmy Johnson line. We're, we're going to be special. I have to find that line. Because that was just an absolute classic back in the day. It's one that we played over and over again. Because Jimmy obviously never came close to making the Dolphins you know, special. Oh, man. What can I tell you? Yeah, but I am looking at here, and there is all kinds of, you know, different different types of sounds that you all would definitely enjoy. Anyway, all right. What else do we have? Yeah, we got a shot. We got a shot to be special. All right, I think we are uh, pretty much done here. Uh, on the program, by the way. I see the Bills, by the way. Bills fans have to pay 12% more now to go to Bills games. Allen's contract's going up. They're not going to be able to keep all the players that they normally would be able to keep now that contracts are kicking in. So that announcer acts like it's the Hindenburg disaster. Oh, the humanity. You never hear this or find them on YouTube. Ah, but you will find them here. That's for sure. You're going to find them here. Damn right. I can't tell you how disappointed I am. I really can't. It's a, it's a low point for me you know, for, in a long time. 
I, I wanted so much for us to be uh, finishing strong and going into the, the tournament with a good attitude and, and ready to go. And, you know, and now it's, I think it's, that's going to be difficult. But I got to try to do it as best I can to get them back to go. That's it. Do it, Parcells. Just do it. Yes, sir. Joey Porter, are you worried about the commissioner? I'm not like a guy that, you know, I got a, I got a citation. I got a ticket. It's like getting a speeding ticket is what I got. I got a ticket and a fine. If the, and, and, you know, from my understanding, it's supposed to go away. But uh, it's not like, you know, I have a lot of prize and stuff like this. You know what I mean? It's, I've never been in trouble outside of football. You know what I mean? All my penalties came on the football field. So this is not like Joey Porter has a history of getting in trouble outside of football. That's not my situation. There was one incident that, like I said, I wish it never would have happened. I don't know how Levi views this thing. Uh, it's something I definitely want to put behind me. And uh, hopefully I feel he – hopefully he feels the same way. And uh, the faster we put it behind us, it'll go away. And uh, I can continue with my career and he can continue with his. That's right. Big cojones. <laughs> is that what it is? Big cojones. Bottom line. I mean, we know how to win in those situations. Look at the veteran ball club. Um, you know, the youngest guy we got on here is Amir. Everybody else has been in the league for a minute. So we know how to win when it comes to those crunch situations. There you go. There you go. A little a little uh, Wallace for you. I could come up with a whole bunch, but I could actually turn it into national stuff. I can turn it into local stuff, all kinds of stuff we can actually turn it around to. So not bad. There you go. So anyway, we're out of here. We love you all out there. We will see you tomorrow live from Hialeah Park, by the way. We'll be at Hialeah Park, 3 to 6 p.m. Remember, it's an afternoon show, okay? Afternoon. So 3 to 6 tomorrow, we thank Sean Stanley. We thank Omar Kelly and Matt Verderam for joining us. Uh, you all be good out there. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place, same bat channel. Be good.